Hi, I'm Mark Vinny from um, Breaking Bad, and you're watching the little show. Keep on keeping on. The Below the Belt show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the Bad Boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Celebrity Soto, your host with the most here for your weekly pleasure, guys. We have an incredible show from top to bottom, but let's go ahead and start by introducing the rest of the amazing panel, guys. Let's start with, that's right, she's a great mom. She's voice actress extraordinaire. Uh, she's the one and only Allie Dash. Allie, good to have you back on BTB. Glad to be back two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row plus yep. Awesome Con 2022, yep. which we'll be talking about. Awesome. And also joining us on the program by popular demand, he is the once in future king. He is the last Numenorian. He is one true knight, Martin Lopez. Happy to be back. Always a pleasure. Yeah, man. Good to have you, Martin. Back in BTB in the house. So, uh, yeah, like we alluded to, Awesome Con 2022, Allie. I know it's been a, a couple of years since you've uh, experienced the the Awesome Con ex, you know, yes. extravaganza, which is DC's premiere. Since pre-pandemic. Pre- yeah, since pre-pandemic. Um, your since thoughts on the, on, on the before experience? Before the dark times. I know. <laughs> before the Empire. Right, <laughs> right. What a good time, though, right? Yes, it was so much fun. My yes. 90s kid heart was in heaven last week. Yeah, so uh, what could you be alluding to? Um, so uh, so last week on Below the Belt, I got to, um, we interviewed Matthew Lawrence, um, who ever, like, was everyone's favorite in the 90s. And then at Awesome Con, I got to interview the one and only Melissa Joan Hart from Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which um, was amazing. She was so nice. Isn't she? Mm-hmm. And you know what's really cool? She actually uh, compared Sabrina the Teenage Witch to Game of Thrones. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> and how that you probably shouldn't uh, touch something that's already, you know, kind of a finished story already, even though they did do Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which we kind of uh, got into in the interview. Right, Allie? Yeah. About the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. But uh, that is a big, uh, big interview for us. So. Within the upcoming weeks, we're going to be uh, playing uh, interviews from Awesome Con. But uh, in the meantime, we still have some great um, pre-recorded content from the Creative Coalition. Um, and we have an incredible guest that will be joining us. Um, 
Uh, some pre-recorded great content includes uh, the, uh, two more interviews from the Creative Coalition Purple Carpet. Uh, right before the White House Correspondents' Dinner, we talked to actor Tim Daly from Madam Secretary, who's also the president of the Creative Coalition, and also frontman of The Strokes, Julian Casablancas. The Strokes is a, a phenomenal alternative rock band, and uh, t- got to talk to both of them briefly on the Purple Carpet. In addition that wasn't enough we welcome glenn rockowitz to btb he's um a comedian he's a writer um he's a four-time cancer survivor uh promoting his uh, new uh memoir uh and uh you know a four-time cancer survivor wow uh, a guy with certainly a story to tell uh the memoir is called cotton teeth we'll have to uh talk more about the the meaning of the title and uh Cotton teeth? Well, (laughs) you get to get cotton mouth. I thought it was obvious. It's it's totally obvious. (laughs) Cotton mouth is something that, you know, maybe some of us experience. (laughs) But nonetheless. Speak for um, yourself. My body is a temple. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. May or may not have. So let's (laughs) rephrase that one. Um, But uh, Glenn will be joining us on BTB. But. Upcoming awesome con interviews in a future episodes of BTB. Not only did Ali interview um, the amazing Melissa Joan Hart, we also have Cal Mitchell from Good Burger. Uh, Mike the General Zod talked to um, Melissa Joan Hart's co-star, Breth Broderick, uh, who's one of the aunts. Uh, Zod also interviewed um, artist extraordinaire Amanda Connor, who's best known for her work in Harley Quinn on DC Comics. Credible artist. Um, in addition, um, we also have Anthony Rapp from Star Trek Discovery. So it was just an amazing time. Uh, just good to be back in the con scene. Um, not all the restrictions weren't lifted, but it was still a lot of fun. Uh, some of the celebrities still opted for plexiglass, you know, in the, in the autograph section or posing for photos. Some wore masks, but, um, you know, it wasn't required. So if you were an attendee of Awesome Con and you're comfortable, Walking around without a mask and yeah, do what yeah, do as your heart desires. So uh, um, I guess we're not quite out of the woods just yet, but uh, it was just great to see cosplayers. It's great to see uh, vendors and artists, and uh, although we never get got to go to any panels, I think we're so uh, um, overwhelmed by uh, everything going on uh, on on the show floor. But uh, yeah, it's uh, really really exciting, guys. So. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about some stuff going on in the world of entertainment, right? This is what we do here on BTV. So here we go with entertainment. It is time for the Hollywood Report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. Yeah, Hollywood news, guys. <laughs> Benji and Joel of Good Charlotte, pop punk making a comeback, man, which I think is pretty cool. Like Sheen Gun Kelly literally changed <laughs> genres and uh, he's more successful than he ever was. So, uh, what genre was he prior? I didn't know yeah, that. I, I don't he think was... he ever had a genre. He was, always... <laughs> he was a rapper, he focused oh, on okay. rap, you know. Um, probably might have been a, a better, better uh, career choice because, yeah, now he's selling out. Uh, arenas and uh you know but uh nonetheless 
let's talk about the box office. Number one on my list, um, which is um, no surprise, a Top Gun uh, reigns supreme. Um, soars at the top of the box office uh, with another $86 million in theaters. Um, and uh, you know what? This is right before Jurassic World drops, so we're curious to see mm-hmm. if Jurassic World will, will uh, unseat Top Gun Maverick to the top. But we did talk a little bit about uh, Top Gun last week, but Martin, uh, you mentioned Top Gun earlier. Uh, what did you think of the film? Yeah, it was great. It's great. And like, that's the thing. You're always so hesitant with these. Like we talk about a lot on the program that like you want them to redo this sacred material and then you're terrified they're going to fuck it up. Right. Right. So like you like we want more Star Wars. We just want more good Star Wars. We don't want you to crank out infinite, you know, just whatever to have it. That doesn't make anybody happy. (laughs) So, you know, like when I, I remember I saw I first saw the trailer for Maverick coming out and I was Stoked because everybody wants to see that story, but then you get nervous. You're like, are they gonna, you know? But the, no, I thought they treated it really well. You had like enough nostalgia points. Yep. You had you had uh, a new story that wasn't, you know, they didn't rehash the whole thing. It wasn't they like not rehash. Yeah, there wasn't like an angsty young kid in Top Gun school who couldn't be told. It was it was an actual <laughs> military combat training, which yep. I thought was a great twist. There's no um, passing of the torch. It seems like all characters yeah. played a very important role. And I thought it was great. What I liked about it especially is that mm-hmm. every character's arc from the original film was plausible. So, like, Maverick yes. is still in the sky, and he's fucking awesome. And he wasn't as strict. Because I, I was like, you know, when they were, they were shitting on him for, like, not progressing at the at the beginning of the movie. I'm like, what? Right. He got his – they said at the end of the last movie he gets his pick of choices. And he's like, oh, yeah, I taught for, like, a couple weeks and right. got rid of me. I'm like, all right, that's in there. And, of course, you have, <laughs> you have Iceman who is, like – the fucking boy Dude. scout do everything right becomes an admiral great and i like and i loved Val that Gilman, man. Wow. for working in Val. because i got nervous i heard it i was a little bit late to seeing it and i was told he was in the movie i'm like not just a picture like the guys like, he can't see oh you were a little more. late well yeah, yeah very pivotal scene Martin, yeah. Um, where where peter uh maverick actually uh, visits um ice man and uh pete. his friends call him pete they friends call him pete and looks like uh there was uh i guess some uh Advice was given his way, you know, um, and yeah. I think the but advice. The throat cancer. So they actually wrote the throat cancer into the character of Iceman as, as himself. Yeah, because only, he couldn't, he, he can't, you know, he I couldn't well, speak I, properly. Yeah, I got but, done. Did you see the Val Kilmer documentary? I haven't seen it, but I, I did hear about how it's great. How he went through a lot of uh, hardship losing his voice because that's pretty much your career if you're an actor, right? It, yeah, um, it's, it. it Death now, uh, done and like it came on him all of a sudden. He was like, and the documentary is great, like especially like as a as a fan of the film industry and acting and like right. yeah, yeah, like you get to watch him walk through his, his career and it's narrated and it's just it's amazing. And apparently the dude, yeah, yeah, and 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 he was uh he was uh, a cinemaphile. This dude back in the eighties had that giant shoulder camera and never put it down. So you have all this home video footage of him like there's there's him bts on top gun like him yeah. and uh whoever is like the guy flying with him like just fucking around on set making fun of tom <laughs> cruise and shit it's great it's just it's it's priceless footage yeah. um but yeah at the, at the end it's pretty sad about like he, he feels like he still has stuff to give to the art form but he can't do it anymore right uh, so i just, yeah i thought when they worked him in i thought that was yeah funny. very very heartbreaking man it's just like you know like uh 
like a boxer that loses his limbs, you know, like the, an actor that loses his voice, you know, it's just, you know, uh, well, anyways, 97% for Rotten Tomatoes. No, no surprise there. Um, and it's the biggest, uh, as I mentioned last week, the biggest domestic moneymaker of Cruz's uh, long career. And uh, yeah, I, if you haven't seen Top Gun Maverick, Ali, you never even saw the original yet. I have know, you? I haven't. <laughs> it's I definitely on that. Dash, are you kidding me? <laughs> I know, I've never seen any Top Gun. Uh, you're in for a treat, Ali. I think you should give it a shot. <laughs> it's uh, very, very inspirational. Very I definitely inspirational. have to to watch it but i feel like um talking about like um films being redone and shows and stuff i feel like studios are finally taking notes to what's been successful and are finally starting to get things right i feel like yeah i think um top gun followed suit with cobra kai with uh the ghostbuster just came out uh, on how to properly do a sequel years later I mean, they were able to do that um, because there's been some unsuccessful ones, right? You know, like the the female-led Ghostbusters, which was pretty bad, and um, you know several others. Um, but uh, let's see. The rest of the box office goes two, three, four, and five with Doctor Strange, Bob's Burgers, Bad Guys, and Downton Abbey: New Era, respectively. Oh, I don't um, know the Downton Abbey is out. I have to go throw on my tuxedo and go. Yeah. Through. Yes. Yes. I need to get to the theaters. It's really sad. I haven't seen a. Th- a movie and in Spider-Man, theaters since right? January. You watched Spider Man, uh, no yes. home, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. That was, I saw yeah. that in January, and then I <laughs> saw it in whenever it came out. We watched it right the day it came out. But, right. um, but interestingly enough, the, the movie that should um, reach number one next week is Jurassic World, and apparently there's a lot of bad reviews, sadly. Um, uh-huh. yes. Uh, well, the reactions are mixed. Some people assert that they love the film. Um, the negative reactions, uh, basically, it's, it's been called cluttered, uh, wildly repetitive, a misfire on all fronts, just plain bad. Um, you know, and this is, is critics or audiences? Because this is I critics. found, that, yeah, yeah see, I don't. Not out yet, so. critic, critics will pan movies that we all love. And then they'll uphold something like The Last Jedi, that there's this phenomenal film. And it's like, what is a piece of trash we're talking about? So like, <laughs> yeah, I'll I agree with that one. Like, for I sure. only care what Rotten Tomatoes audiences say. I could give a fuck what the critics say. <laughs> exactly. Yep, yep, yep. So, uh, yeah, um, some critics so described it as fun. Um, but, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> like, she, she has a decent like, personality. No, no awesome, no awesome reviews. The um, review embargo was lifted. Um, yesterday so the yeah so now the, the reviews are starting to pour out but uh anyways uh i'm still gonna see it it's exciting because dinosaurs are freaking ruling uh the city now that they're, they're outside of the park uh all kinds of di- dino chaos and uh thought of a fun topic for uh, the week right. should we with dna advancements bring back dinosaurs yes or no and why no haven't no. you seen any of the fucking movies? <laughs> have you learned nothing? I know. The How great, many people the, have to die on the big screen? Jurassic to convince have, you like, we don't need raptors walking around. Jurassic World like, is killer bees shit. coming out and like all this shit. We don't need more. It's it's really it's a lot of moral and ethical things uh, against yeah. anything uh, you know cloning and breeding, but um, reviving. We don't need um, dinosaurs again. Yeah. 
if I were to pick uh, an extinct species, I think the dodo bird apparently has a, had a lot of. Uh, Why? I don't know. <laughs> apparently, they're, they're, Why, apparently they were very delicious. The, the dodo, dodo bird. <laughs> that makes sense, right? If it's like if it's the most delicious meat on the planet, we're just gonna conveyor belt those bad boys out. That's I'm how fine they, with that. That's how it became extinct because of you know, the you know, um, increased hunting and you know wiping apparently out. Apparently, they're super species. yummy. But I'm gonna say also no to to dinosaurs, and if they were, um, very. They would have to breed one of the smaller ones, and 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 of course, in very strict captivity. Um, I feel like it would just go very badly. It could go very badly, like Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you also you don't know the uh, there's so the, our ecosystem is so mm-hmm. complex we can't figure out. So we're only figuring out now that if we lose the rest of the bees, apparently life on Earth dies. Like no one saw that coming. So <laughs> as in like, honeybees. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, because we lose cross-pollination of – we'll lose all the plants. Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah, so if all plant life dies, yeah, we're in trouble, and we need those mm-hmm. little fuckers doing those, their thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. To not – you know, so yeah, oh my we're, God. we're in big trouble losing this one very mm-hmm. tiny subset of the piece. So, yeah, I'm not sure we should throw – even if we only do veggie sores, right? I'm just right. Saying, if you bring back in the <laughs> brontosaurus. Right. Veggie Let them wipe out mosquitoes. I don't think mosquitoes bring any good to the world. Oh God, I hate mosquitoes. They're yeah, hate fucking die. annoying. They fucking bite. I don't know. They, they feel, bite feel like my me blood through is my fucking pants. Like I'll right. be wearing right jeans and socks, right. and like they will fucking bite me through <laughs> them. And it's just, I'm not sure I've ever heard Ali cuss before. Oh, Ali, Everyone always says this. Dropping F bombs. Yeah. I was like, she really dislikes mosquitoes. I've done like six shows with you, and she was like, these fucking fuckers are fucking in my. Like, man. I think it's the pandemic, Ali. It's brought in by the. No, I've always cussed, but every time, like, growing up, and, like, even now that I'm in my 30s, still, people are like, oh, Ali said a cuss word. It's the face. I like, know. You don't, ex- you don't and the voice. It from, the, from the kind face. I know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, okay. So everybody's in agreement. No, no, no. No dinosaurs. Do not bring them back. Um, but I am still fascinated by by genetics and cloning. Um, but as long as it's, it's um, confined to a space and... It's never you know, one, confined. That's the right. problem. So, like, it's a great... Yeah. It's a great great concept you know like right. using crispr technology to edit dna and you can see the noble applications if we can remove something like leukemia from a child's dna structure right. or, exactly. or fix any number of things well, who wouldn't want to do that we get it here's the problem right. we go tinkering around in the human genome we just need to fuck up once we just need to get one little item crossed and you can never remove that mistake from the human condition ever it's again it's undoable right yeah. yeah the only thing that you could do is track down all of that person's offspring and genetically call them from society which first is a monstrous thing to do but you're even assuming you could do that then as soon as we introduce something it also presupposes arrogantly that we know the best form that our genomic structure should be right right the whole point of dominant and recessive traits is that we're not facing something biologically now that we may 300 years from now. And if we edit out right now, this thing that we don't need because we don't think it matters, then one illness wipes all of humanity off the face of the earth because we don't have enough genetic diversity. We all update ourselves to the perfect code, right? Like mother nature has done a pretty good job of writing us up to be the dominant species. Let her run. She knows what she's doing. Right. (laughs) Very well said. I feel like all our science 
novels and are going to come true. Wow. Oh, yeah. It, it's Frankenstein. People saw this shit coming a mile away. And Frankenstein <laughs> is the exact same thing that Jurassic Park is, right? Like, can I create life? And then you do it. And then, whoop, this thing was way not the right way to go. And then you can't <laughs> put the genie back in the bottle. Yeah, we were just talking about Frankenstein. Well, it was Victor. Doing a, the, a biopic. He right? was. Yes. Oh, I can't wait for that. But no, yeah. but Victor Frankenstein was like the villain of that story. Still think so? Mm-hmm. That's how she wrote it. No, I, I, it's, it's a decent argument to be made, right? The, the monster's furious with him for creating him improperly. And he, he and didn't get any love. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. But the monster also endlessly quotes Paradise Lost, where he compares himself to Satan and then starts <laughs> ripping up children to get back at Vic. Oh, my goodness. So, wow. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not calling. I'm not calling Victor a good man. I'm just not sure. That <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. I feel that the monster is pros- is persecuted in this, right? Like, all right. I'm angry, so I'm gonna like rip people's face off. <laughs> all right, let's move back to the the top uh, entertainment stuff. Um, the the Rock's new trailer for Black Adam just dropped, and I gotta admit, it looked pretty awesome. Uh, started with the quote, "I was a slave until I died." Then I was reborn a god. I kneeled before no one. Um, the guy has very much equivalent um, abilities to Superman. Yeah. So I'd, I'd love to see a showdown if they're saving it uh, as a, a big, uh, you know, shocker WTF moment. Um, his character, Black Adam, seems super powerful. Uh, oh, yeah. He's, he's the counterpoint to Shazam. Right. Exactly. So uh, um, basically... Um, and he's got a dark side because uh, Hawkman tells him heroes don't kill people. And Black Adam replies, well, I do. So um, interesting. Yes, he gets the powers from the same place as Shazam does. And yeah, um, it looks really exciting. Comes out this fall. Uh, DC really. Shazam movie come out? Shazam movie? Uh, Shazam is after Black Adam. That's going to oh, okay. be believe next year or the year after yeah and honestly i think this will technically be another one anyway like this will yeah i think exactly i will be making an appearance on this one yeah because they're they're not yeah i I think we'll make a strong appearance i mean i don't know but i guess like everybody forgets that like there wasn't an initial black widow launch like she was a bit character in like three other marvel movies before anybody even cared who she was like they just they'll, they'll sneak them in the back door yeah exactly uh, DC also, is, wow, this is incredible news for those that were a fan of the Oscar-winning Joker movie. Uh, Joker, uh, as you know, Martin, you're, you've uh, cosplayed a Joker. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Joker and Harley in the house, right? <laughs> well, um, yeah, no one was looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was looking at Margot Robbie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so apparently. Um, yeah, apparently um, they're going. Uh, Todd Phillips has confirmed that he completed a script mm. for the sequel of um, Joaquin Phoenix Joker, and it's called Joker Folly Adu, a reference to a medical term for a mental disorder that affects two or more individuals. Um, and uh, this is really really exciting news um, because this was one of DC's strongest films. Mm-hmm. I think it ranks up there probably with. Uh, but the, the recent Suicide Squad with James Gunn, which was really uh, well well liked, and uh, yeah, you know DC needs those hits, so uh, keep them coming. Uh, interestingly yeah. enough, 
Especially because I thought the Joker was supposed to be a standalone film, right? I thought it was supposed to be a one and done. I guess they must have changed their mind after the reviews. After the reviews and, and then how well did it box office. But now it's just getting a little more confusing because they introduced a new Joker in the Batman movie with Rob Pattinson in mm-hmm. the um, deleted scenes. Um, but they dropped that scene. So now there's two Jokers in the in the DC. Uh, Is there going to uh, be a multiverse? And actually, I correct myself, three Jokers, including Jared Leto's in the DCEU. So I don't know how they're going to handle that one. So I think uh, we're going to have to wait for the Flash movie to see how they handle it. going to be like a Flashpoint. Yeah. In the Flashpoint movie, we're going to see everything. Yeah. What's going to happen with Ezra Miller? Ezra like... Miller is a PR nightmare, man. Yeah. Right? I, I have about... a feeling he's not coming back. Yeah, and they talk about a guy like... Yeah, snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. He's like attached to like so many like yeah. just you know franchises that are crushing mm-hmm. it. Uh, and fuck up. If yeah. you have franchises and guaranteed films, yeah. a beloved character, and um, not even fucking up on screen, right? It's not, not like he's just, delivering yeah. bad performances, right? right. Like on screen, he's doing his job, but then like you can't stop it swinging at dudes in bars. Like they can't yeah. matter enough. To mm-hmm. derail your life like that. Yeah. Like, yeah, some guy calls you like a bitch. Like, okay. And I'm going he home. He was like <laughs> getting angry about karaoke, like people singing karaoke. He's got crazy and like Matt fucking losing it. And then I think I just saw today that it came out that um this um that he was potentially gr- like grooming um and I think she's 18 now, but like an underage. Um I'll have to look Wow. I can't remember the exact details, but yeah, not only Ezra Miller, there's like have, more and more bad Then you have shit. Amber Heard, yeah. who is Mara in the Aquaman, Aquaman movie. And of course, as you know, she She's, she yeah. technically, well, she sort of won, but really lost the, the, the Johnny Depp defamation trial. Um, and of course, a lot of fans are angry with Amber. And of mm-hmm. course, if the DC executives, they're going to not want to keep Amber Heard in Aquaman mm-hmm. 2 if you know, if, if they don't want to watch her movie, you know, so we'll have to wait and see what happens there. But DC definitely. Um, Their actors are. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's some trouble right now. Right. Um, um, let's see. Uh, oh, Tim Burton actually had a, uh, a funny interview recently. Uh, who, As you know, he did the uh, Batman Returns in 1992. Uh, he was talking with Empire Magazine and he uh, said he has uh, yet to see the Batman but, you know, it says that uh, because of all these memories come back, it's too dark. It makes him laugh a little bit. He also talked about um, he also talked about the time when uh, he uh, left the franchise, you know, and uh, and because it was too weird or too dark. And then he said, then you put nipples on the Batman costume. So he says, go fuck yourself. Seriously. So, yeah, I think mm-hmm. that that's why I ended up doing a third film. Because uh, they criticize his work as overly dark, um, and then you know they went the complete opposite with yeah, bright this is colors. Way darker, nipples, you know. Way darker. So, <laughs> so I know, who puts nipples like fake nipples on a costume? I mean, that's kind of, that is fucking ridiculous. Interesting. I will um, say though, like it took us a while to circle around the darker because like the couple Batman movies after he left one were terrible, and two like super hokey. Yeah, like super super hokey. Like those weren't dark. Like Batman Forever was not dark. It was campy. Like they They're, they really, yeah. It wasn't until um, Christian Bale's um, trilogy yeah. that went back to 
yeah, the way Nolan I think Batman through. should be presented in that. It's a dark, dark character. It's a dark That's character. Yeah. yeah. His parents were mm-hmm. murdered. He calls himself the Dark Knight. All he does right. is fight psychopaths. Like it's a dark story. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Over on Marvel, number three on my list. Um, this is an interesting casting notice. Um, and that's Maria Bakalova from Borat 2, the big the breakout star of Borat mm. 2, has joined the cast of uh, Guardians 3 uh, in an um, undisclosed role. Uh, and we just announced that James Gunn also added um, Ratcatcher 2 from Suicide Squad to also Guardians of the Galaxy 3. So now she's in DC and Marvel. Um, so that's pretty Ooh. exciting. Yeah, I know, right? It's got to be a lawyer nightmare. <laughs> yeah. The BM book, I, I think there's been a few. Like Idris Elba, you know, he was in Suicide Squad and he was in Thor movie. another one. There's been a few. Oh, that, but but uh, is it the character yeah. or the act? The actor can come over, but the character yeah. coming over. Yeah, the one. actor. Okay, that's different. That's oh, different. yeah, no, sorry. The actress that plays Ratcatcher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if yeah. Superman just did a flyby in Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy, that'd be a drastic Dude. problem. Yeah. Be a big was, problem. I talked about that on the um, my wish of the two genres that would, would would clash, and that was DC and Marvel. Well, they've done it a couple times in the comic books. Comic books, yes, only comic right? books. And, and they'll set up like a week or two where like everybody has a crossover. These guys, right? Them, and it's fucking awesome. So it's they, awesome. Yeah, I remember in one of the. Uh, what was the series? It was called like uh, Amalgam or something like that. Where they yes, lost you know, a bunch Amalgam? of characters. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and so one of them, one of them, they Amalgam. they joined like uh, Wolverine and Batman, and yeah. it was the coolest fucking thing I'd ever seen. Because you had like the Batman yep. costume with like Logan oh, and the yeah. adamantium claws coming out, and then he fought like a version of Sabretooth and the Joker. And like, if you can up the crazy points, that's the only way to do it. And I was like, this is phenomenal. <laughs> I do it again. I don't know. Too many egos, I guess, at the heads of both DC and Marvel. But uh, uh, let's see. Number four, they just dropped a new Bullet Train trailer. This is a uh, Brad Pitt's upcoming action thriller. Uh, Brad Pitt's character is named Ladybug. That's an interesting one. <laughs> He's a highly gifted assassin, uh, determined to finally do his job peacefully. Fate had other plans, however. His uh, latest mission puts him on the world's fastest bullet train in Japan. So um, I'm guessing an entire film shot on that bullet train. I will yeah, arrive. I saw the trailer. Yeah, so yeah, the trailer was played uh, during the Top Gun uh, um, previews and uh, arrives August 5th. So uh, check Looks that out. Great. Yeah, I've, and like he's one of my favorite guys. Like Brad Pitt can pretty much do no wrong. Exactly. Yeah. And I know Allie's very excited about the Hunger Games Ballad of Songbirds and yeah. Snakes. Did you see that sneak preview? No. At the TV Movie Awards, they just dropped uh, a teaser. They did? Teaser, yeah. How did not, I not know this? It's uh, featuring a golden mockingjay and a snake shedding their frozen skins. So frozen. more like a visual a visual teaser, I guess. It's got to be like, it's got to be about snow. Yeah. And it's, it's about, be about the rise of snow. It's ab- absolutely correct. Yeah. Coriolanus uh, Snow, based on Suzanne mm-hmm. Collins' novel of the same name, and this is uh, following Snow's pre-tyranny as at 18 years old. And you'll get to see the first Hunger Games. The first Hunger Games, mm-hmm. and uh, Lucy. And Snow is the um, um, one of the what are they called? He's training. The yeah. Tra- yeah. He's one of, uh, one of the contestants. No, 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 he's one of um. Since there's no victors, um, since it's the first Hunger Games. Uh, they have the students are actually the ones that train each victor. And so he gets to train District 12. There you go. There you go. 
Yeah. There's a little bit of a love story. You know, I I, I love the, the films, and uh, yeah, I look, I look forward to seeing a, a prequel version of that. It should be really, really cool. Um, <clears throat> number six on my list, uh, interestingly enough, Nev Campbell um, turned down an offer to return for the Scream 6 movie. Um, apparently, the offer was very inadequate, um, and she said, as a woman, I have had... As a woman, I have had to work extremely hard in my career to establish my value, especially when it comes to Scream. I felt the offer that was presented to me did not equate to the value I brought to the franchise. Ooh. And Nev is correct. You know, she's the main she, character. She mm-hmm. is the main character, and she's carried all the films, you know, and uh, uh, maybe they'll counter-offer uh, as shooting is, uh, isn't slated to begin until 2023, uh, March of 2023. So, um, actually, sorry. That was incorrect. Shooting is uh, scheduled for the summer for a film release of March 2023. So, um, yeah, I guess they kind of have to make that offer to Nev uh, very, very soon. Um, um, yeah, you, you need Nev Campbell. I mean, come on now. That's ridiculous. Um, I didn't see this, the last one. Was it good? I haven't seen it either. <laughs> Allie, have you seen the last Green movie? No, I have yeah. not. It was actually really well reviewed. So um, don't be angry, but I've never you seen, seen <laughs> you've never seen a scream movie, no, have you? Al? I've seen scary movie <laughs> based on oh, scary movies. Scream is pretty good. That's a pretty uh, good film. It's one of the I need to, I need yeah, to see it. The better, uh, I know, don't get into a whole lot of like. I guess like campy horror. No, you don't like. Uh, Wait, well, this thing isn't campy. That's the thing. Screams like interesting and integral. Yeah. It's not. Ah. It, so screams more of a criticism of the genre. They'll talk right. about other horror movies whilst in this horror movie. Exactly. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So it was it was incredibly well written by fans of the genre who pointed out all like yep. you know, and then and then all of a sudden some girl walks outside. You never see her again. Build the drama and then film. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's I'll great. Have to, I'll have to check it out. I'll have to check it out, yeah. Um, this is pretty exciting news. On number seven, um, they're going to do a Madonna biopic, which I think is um, pretty overdue. I don't think we've seen one yet. But Julia Garner. She is, like, uh, rocking it in she, yeah, the she's, biopics. She's been, she's been offered the role of Madonna. And, yes, uh, she did a great job in the uh, Inventing Anna biopic series on uh, Netflix. Um, but... She's a phenomenal actress. I can see mm-hmm. them making her up to look like Madonna. Um, and um, you know, I know I know that she's also um a singer and dancer. She does have experience <clears throat> on that side. They've actually auditioned Florence Pugh, Alexi Demi from Euphoria, Dessa Young, Bibi Rexa, and Sky Ferreira. Um, but um yeah, apparently um yeah, they they feel that uh that yeah, Julia Garner will be best of the role, and I, I couldn't agree more. I think um, I think there's some similarities with, with the with the look, and you know you got to have a phenomenal actress, and no one can do like characters and different voices like Julia Garner can. So I agree. Yeah, did you finish Ozark? I have not watched Ozark. Oh, you haven't. So, so what work are you familiar with the Julias? Um, uh, mostly just the um from. Um, what I've I haven't watched all of it, but from Inve- inventing Anna. Inventing Anna, mm-hmm. yes, there you go. Um, all right, <clears throat> move on to Netflix, guys. Stranger Things season four. I just watched the pilot. Oh, it's I've so on. Good. 
episode five. You're probably watched, a lot further than I watched the whole I thing. I want to binge thing. it. You watched the whole watched, thing? Okay. We're watching uh, it with our daughter. Um, and It starts out so strong, though, man. I love I the parallel. Like, I just want to binge all better. of it. But, it's got to finish yeah. better. So I won't do the Al Soto thing. I won't. I won't hit. No, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. You know, there's a way of talking about but not being spoilery. But if I can just talk about pilot a little bit, I I loved how they bridged the D and D game to the basketball game. That Uh uh, that was so cool. I love. I love that. That That was well Mm -hmm. edited and well directed. And, How much um, do you love the, the new character Eddie? I fucking love the new character oh, Eddie. I love character him. Eddie is really good. Um, Chrissy is a beauty. Uh, too bad. It seems like she met her fate in, in episode one, but uh, maybe we'll see a little bit more of her. I don't know. Uh, I think we will because she's credited more than one episode. So don't don't root for the cheerleader to come back. Fuck that noise. <laughs> the show's about nerds. It's not about jocks. It's about nerds. Exactly. <laughs> she's I just watched the. <laughs> the episode, um, episode four was phenomenal. Sadie Sink, like, was her acting was like top notch. Yeah. Um, oh, good, good, good. So good. I want to yeah. watch the next episode. So wow. here's what's phenomenal. The last episode does quite a bit to answering lots of questions that you've had for like three seasons. Oh, because good. like they created this, yeah, this cool world like with the upside down, and we keep getting yeah. these flashbacks to like right. the MK Ultra like experiments mm-hmm. on Eleven, where she. But like we haven't really been given like why or what that came up yeah. with, or what the government's right. looking at, or like yeah, yeah. In in the the episode right before the break, they finally explain the tie-in between all that, and it's oh. fucking good. It's oh, really I good. It. good. They do allude oh. to a little bit with the the 1979 version of Eleven. <clears throat> yeah. In that very in that opening scene with Matthew Modine, when the rest of the um, I guess the gifted kids are, are wiped yeah. out. Yeah. So you get more of that. You get more of that. So yeah, there's a big now story I need to, to tell. I need to binge it, but I. But I know <laughs> you got to feel bad about you got to feel bad about Eleven getting bullied though. So I knew she was yeah. trying to some powers in the first oh, yeah. episode. Yeah, but we want to know about that program, like right. And those questions get answered as you get to see uh, episode six. Is that what you're alluding to? Martin? Episode seven. Episode, episode seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the first so, seven three episodes. More, three more episodes to go. Yeah, seven episodes, and then of course the last two episodes are feature length film um, length. Yeah, um, I think this. The, uh, the ninth one is like two and a half hours long or something like that. Better be. I'm, wow. I'm like max, I want maximum sauce. Jesus. I'm yeah. So this, excited. This, this it's been two worth the wait. You're getting two movies in July. Interestingly, if it, interesting that they they decided to just make it a long movie as opposed to just making more episodes, you know. But for whatever I'm reason, the, yeah, the decisions there. Mm-hmm. But yes, breaking all the records, guys. Uh, 335 million hours viewed in the last seven days for Netflix, and uh, it's made the top, uh, hit the number one uh, spot on the top 10 list in 91 countries. First TV show to jump into the top three most popular list in less than two weeks since its premiere. So uh, yeah. You know, you know what it may be? It may be really brilliant strategy to avoid the last episode letdown because when you have a beloved series so much emphasis is put on how it's going to wrap up that last hour is criticized so harshly maybe Mm. if you just drop three hours 
uh, you take away that whole like feeling of letdown because you can't be have so much built up on 60 minutes or, or right. 30 minutes of whatever. Like, hmm, if that's the case, it's smart. Yeah, and we're only getting one more season um, of Stranger Things, season so five. season five will be mm. apparently the Duffer Brothers have mapped oh, it I thought, out. I, think I thought a, this was it. Mm-mm. Nope, there's gonna be one more season after one this. One more season. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You you think with these movies, the movie length episodes, that it would be the last, but now I think there's if the, if the Duffer Brothers have it mapped out, um, yeah, that that's gonna be awesome. Um, I do so like that, how they're like splitting it up, cause then it kind of like has that like. That's what, they need to do that more often in the mm-hmm. Netflix model. There's too many people that post spoilers, and if you break it up a little more, I think it really benefits the viewer. You know. Um, can like theorize and get yeah. like, amped, but then you can but also Netflix binge has it. All been about binge, it's like so. mixing, yeah, and like having Disney, the like, yeah, because like the, like for instance, Amazon Prime they released the boys. They 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 dropped three episodes and they're gonna do one episode a week. Yeah, fuck that shit. You know, <laughs> you like the yeah, binge. Yeah, I, I I one star every show that does that just out of principle. I'm uh, like, stop <laughs> stop doing this crap, right? I'll I'll ruin it. Uh, Same thing with Disney Plus. That. You love your Netflix. Um, yeah. So Netflix has been all about Geek Week. So it's um, basically a promotional week of all the new upcoming genre programming. So sci-fi, fantasy, comic book. Um, the first teaser of The Sandman uh, just dropped. And that was a favorite my, uh, comic of mine. Uh, this is under the DC Vertigo line. And it's very dark. It uh, follows Dream, The Sandman, played by Tom Sturridge. He's a cosmic being who controls all our dreams, who's unexpectedly captured and held prisoner for over a century. So he must journey to different worlds and timeline, timelines to fix the chaos that his absence has caused. Um, but yeah, look really, really awesome. So I'm really, really looking forward to that one. And then another DC Vertigo um, series on Netflix is Sweet Tooth. Um I don't know if you guys are familiar. I haven't seen it it's yet. So but it's so good. It's good. It's a half human, half deer um, hybrid kid. Uh, the, 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 sort of. The, the whole world is like that. So they, I, they, it's there's an apocalyptic event where no one knows exactly. What, it's it's one of those where you keep jumping around in time because you don't know what went wrong. But mm-hmm. the first thing that happened is that humans stopped being able to have babies. Like, period. Just like we stopped being able to reproduce. And then when it started happening again, they came out hybrids. Like, a baby would be like half human, half fawn, half human, half wolf, half human, half bear. And then it gets into all kinds of discussions about, uh, you know, identity. And then plenty of humans blamed these new creatures for carrying what they call like the plague that was going to end humanity but they're also the only way to continue on with life so what do you do with that and yeah it's interesting that's crazy so is there a lot of bestiality because i mean obviously the deer and the human might had to mate to, to produce the sweet tooth character right no like so all humans stopped having babies and then normal human couples just started having these types of babies it's much like oh. an ex- it's much like an X-Men mutant type of thing. Ah, like, okay. It's people mutation. are like, oh, yeah, you're you're one of these weird things. And they're like, I was, just, I was born this way, man. I don't know what you want. <laughs> that is wild. Okay. I'm to check this out. This sounds really interesting. It's really wild. Oh, it's, 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 it's very well written. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yes, uh, follows a precocious young boy, half human, half deer, part of a new animal-human hybrid race born during a viral pandemic. Yeah. Known as, this, uh, as the sick. Crazy if COVID did that, right? <laughs> yeah. Which eliminated yeah, the yeah, it was a little bit, it was a little bit precious. Uh, yeah, and so they have, all have different, 
powers too that's interesting so like the the deer boy can like hear really well and then like if somebody's like you know half bear they're really strong if somebody's like you you so it's sort of like not really superpowers but you get like little affectations of whatever this thing that you're wow. running with is yeah very cool wow that's uh, so the second season trailer just dropped for that um we also saw a trailer for uh resident evil they're doing a series on netflix um and uh, it's a live action series the first series in in the franchise it's usually films uh follows jade wesker the daughter of the evil uh resident evil character albert wesker uh who was lance reddick as she fights for survival in a world overrun by the bloodthirsty insane creatures Uh, (laughs) and the trailer was pretty dope um drops on july 14th so look for it we also got uh, new trailers for uh, Warrior Nun, um, which is inspired by the manga novels. Um, mm. I like the show, uh, Allie. It's a, um, a 19-year-old girl who wakes up in a morgue with a new lease on life uh, and a divine artifact embedded in her back. And she's got – now she's part of an ancient order that has been tasked with fighting demons on Earth. Yeah, it's cool. What is it called? It's called Warrior Nun. It's a – yeah, Season gonna, one's already on Netflix. Yeah, yeah I've I've one beef with with Warrior Nun, which is you know it's like maybe a little bit sour grapes because I'm like one of the few people that's still a practicing Christian, but like we <laughs> haven't gotten a very good representation for Hollywood over the last twenty You're years right. or so. Like, uh, which I like you can't as a complain. fellow Christian. Yeah, I, I yeah. Hear you. But before that, like we were the good guy in every single movie ever. So maybe you just got to deal with you know a little bit. But like in the last twenty years, if the church shows up at all. They're bigots who are trying to like murder all other Jews or Muslims, or they hate women, or they're like, "You're gay, you're gonna burn in hell." Like, oh my I, god, dude. I can't remember the last time I saw a positive like <laughs> representation of the church. <laughs> but in this one, this this one was like a double slap because <laughs> so they train all these these women, these to be warrior nuns, and they have like you know holy swords of angels, and they're fighting yeah. demons. You're like, oh, this is cool, and the action scenes are cool. Like these girls are badasses. They're all ghost in the shell, kicking the shit out of people. Yeah, yeah. But of course, there's like this theme that, of course, like the high cardinal or the pope is like secretly. And I'm like, okay, here it comes this. Is, but like, they they introduce that line where like this guy's a piece of shit, and all the women he's been training get mad. Mm-hmm. But then it like they sort of flip the script, and he's just misunderstood. There's totally demons. They are really evil. And like the church is the only thing standing in the way. But like because the girls feel like he wasn't honest with them about it. I can't remember Mm -hmm. exactly, but it was something that like they die a lot and they felt like that wasn't fair. So like they're not going to listen to him anymore because he can't be trusted. It's like, wait a minute. So he's not even evil in this one. So like demons are real. The church is the only thing stopping demons, and you guys are mad because demons take you out sometimes, and that's why the church is bad. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it, was, it was a little bit much. Definitely doesn't shine a positive light on on the Christian Christian uh, folks, but uh, nonetheless, I mean, cool Midnight show, Mass though. is another one, right? <laughs> uh, oh, I let's... loved that though. Oh, I need to watch Midnight Mass. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. Like I feel like all his stuff is amazing. I like and represented Towson University, guys. I know. Well, and, and it's and he also went to concept. Spalding. Spalding too, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's a local guy. Mm-hmm. Look at that, man. Look at my career now. <laughs> um, let's see. Also, season three of uh, Lock and Key just dropped too. 
Mike the General Zod loves this. Wait, show. Lock and Keys. So good. It dropped. It dropped. The new the, season the, the dropped. The trailer. The trailer. Oh, the trailer. Dropped. Yeah, you can't tease us like that, man. I know. Yeah, I know. Amelia oh, Jones is uh, the star of that, and she she did great in the movie Coda, which I did see. Um, but um, yeah, Zod loves that show. Uh, is it is it a oh, is it a fun show, Allie? It is. It oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay. I need Might to watch. I didn't know the new trailer dropped. That's Based on an IDW um, comic book. So uh, yeah, a lot of these um, shows are based on comic books, which is really cool. I need. Uh, that. I still need to read that comic. Yeah. Um, also, Fate: The Wink Saga season two uh, trailer just dropped as well. They introduced a character named uh, Tara, played by Elliot Salt, while she's practicing magic in the woods in a very floral type of way. Is that the one show you missed, Martin? Winks? Yeah, I, I haven't. I don't know this one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that based on my my daughter loved that show when she was oh, she little. Thought, okay. The the cart the one the cartoon. Yeah, I believe so. It's a coming of age on. journey um, of fairies attending mm-hmm. Alfia Magical Boarding School. So kind of like instead of Harry Potter as magicians, it's a boarding school for uh, for fairies instead of magicians. <laughs> Wizards. Girl power. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so uh, they just uh, dropped um, a little teaser of Manifest uh, season four, which I've seen the first season. It's fantastic and need to catch up on it. But uh, that show was canceled, but it was saved by Netflix. And Netflix just, uh, yeah, saved the day, swooped in because it's a show that you really need answers for. Because if you don't have the answers, why even bother watching the damn show? Which it's canceled, it? right? Because it's a big mystery of how. Oh, I hate when that happens when they cancel it's, a show yes. before we get answers. Answers, oh, exactly. Oh. So we are going to have to check out Manifest. Yeah, we're going to see this uh, Manifest uh, season four will consist of two parts of 10 episodes or so 20 episodes. Oh, yeah. I punched out of that one specifically because it was canceled. I'm like, fuck it. This is a whole <laughs> what happened thing. It's like, if I don't get yeah. that, uh, you know, but now, now you torture can watch myself. It. Now you can resume, Martin, because, yeah, Netflix saved the show. The Netflix saved uh, Cobra Kai, you know. Cobra Kai didn't have a good – good uh, didn't have a home. And look at it now, you know. It's like one of the most popular shows on Netflix. Uh, and also Netflix is getting an animated Ghostbusters uh, series, um, and it's going to be produced by Jason Reitman, which I'm happy because it's in good hands because <laughs> he did a great job with the movie um but yeah i think that's really really cool um uh to see an animated series you know on that on netflix of our favorite uh ghostbusters so of did course. you uh did you watch the animated one back in the day they did have an animated show you're right uh the real ghostbusters ran from 1986 to 1991 and had an yeah. anime a sequel series in 1997 called extreme ghostbusters yes yeah that was my jam man i used to watch that after <laughs> school <laughs> That was like that was like some post kindergarten stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I had Slimer in every episode. He was like one of the team. Yeah, yeah. So they're taking another stab at animated show. So yeah, I'm curious to see if it'll uh, be just as good, just as good as the other one. Um, and then we also have the Netflix series Dark. Um, uh, just dropped the first trailer as well. So uh, lots of stuff on Netflix, man. And uh, we're gonna put that thought on hold. Uh, we're going to bring our special guest of the evening, guys. Um, we're welcoming to the program here on Below the Belt Show. Um, he's a comedian. He's an author. He's a former SNL writer. He's a four-time cancer survivor. Wow, the list goes on and on. 
Glenn Rockowitz. Hey, Glenn. Thank you. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, we can hear you great. <laughs> I Welcome apologize. To TV. <clears throat> How's it going? Great, great. Yeah, it looks like we're in the same uh, loft in New York City. We are. <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> I love Maybe it. We can, we can have a pillow fight if you want. <laughs> I'm over here. Uh, how are you, Glenn? Um, yeah, so we're having you here to promote an awesome um, memoir. This is your second memoir called Cotton Teeth. Yeah. And I, when I first saw the title, I'm like, wow, I'm thinking like, you know, cotton mouth because you're smoking too much weed. <laughs> so, I mean, that would be a much better book. I'll tell you that for sure. <laughs> I was curious about the title and, and, and obviously it's, it's more of your, um, your account of, of your, um, your heartbreaking joy, uh, of, of being a cancer survivor and dealing with cancer, both you and, and your father. So, uh, Cottonmouth. Yeah, tell us about the title. <laughs> it's um, <clears throat> well, it's it's a it's a huge bummer. So I'll, we can we can segue away from that uh, soon. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, <clears throat> basically the the nutshell version is when I was 28. I'm from New York, and when I was 28, uh, I was diagnosed with uh, stage four non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. I had no symptoms, and uh, they were giving me three months. And this was at the time my wife was eight and a half months pregnant. Um, so I didn't tell her because I didn't want her to freak the fuck out. Um, uh, during, eight during pregnancy, yeah, yeah, like two weeks away. And um, so I went and told my dad in Boston and uh, he, who was a devout atheist, he prayed and asked God to give him cancer so that I would survive. And seven days later, which is, Totally coincidence because he had not been feeling well for like a year. He was diagnosed with uh, pancreatic cancer and also given three months. So <clears throat> basically, the the book covers the last three months of his life. Spoiler alert: I didn't die. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people wish I did. <laughs> come sure. to us as a force ghost. But, uh, <laughs> hey, listen, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> um, figured they would they would have left me with my 28 year old body would have been much better. <laughs> Instead of my the current C cup that I'm sporting now. Um, yeah, what, so, what determines what you look like when you come back? That's a great question, right? Do you get right? go in that? Do you get you know? I think that's a legit like fair question to ask because like when you die, are you wearing that outfit forever? Right. right. We get we get old Obi Wan, but then we get twenty something Anakin who's all like, yeah, this is bullshit. I'd be bent out of shape if I came back an old crippled Force ghost. It's like I look much better. Everybody needs to for all time. I looked great. <laughs> I totally, I totally agree, man. Like, it makes me jealous of like, you know, uh, like James Dean and stuff. Like, if you're gonna die in a car crash or whatever, better that you're looking good when you do, right? Then, right. you know, See, than like Danny DeVito or something. Not, you God forbid. Like, I know I still love. But you blew it by with... surviving four times. You could have gone out young and good looking, but now you just <laughs> kicking the can down the road, old man. Fucker, you're, gonna, man. <laughs> you're lowering your own stock. <laughs> no, I'm just an old fucker getting gray, man. I so, really, I should have taught myself. But since you mentioned four times, by the second, third, and fourth, are you yeah. getting um, increasingly stressed and worried? Because you know. Um. <clears throat> By the, you mean the third or fourth cancer? You mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think um, you know the at the time there was no treatment for the kind of cancer that I have. It had a really low survival rate. Um, but I got into a clinical trial in London, um, and I didn't have any money because I was a comedian. So, uh, but my doctor uh, <clears throat> actually he was a friend of mine, so he paid for me to go over there and get treatment, and it actually put me into remission. 
uh, it saved my life, but the, but it was like a clinical trial. So they were experimenting on me um, with massive amounts of injected radiation. So, um, so I suspect that those cancers that I've had since are a result of getting scorched. Cause I lost like, like 35 pounds in 18 days or something like that. Oh, wow. It, it was pretty crazy. Yeah. Wow. So the, the book, this, uh, cotton teeth book, um, yeah. chronicles all four bouts. Um, no, just, this covers just the, just the first one. I got to make room for the series. Oh, the series. Oh, so we're talking four books. <laughs> exactly. One per bout. One book yeah. <clears throat> Trying to make it into a TV series. So I think I need like eight more to make it a full season. There you yeah, go. You're, you're gonna Harry Potter this thing. Yeah. <laughs> the whole franchise. That, that is interesting. So, so um, this, this is something that you're seriously want to shop for a possible adaptation. Um, no, no, but my, no. But, okay. but my, my first, uh, my first book was option to be a movie, and that was a trip. Yes. Uh, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, that was a trip. That was like a weird, weird experience to have somebody take your life and and turn it into something but but more so that you get a script and then you read the script like and when i got the script mm-hmm. the like my dad was like a coal miner and he never got sick and like to me the whole thing of the book was like the two of us are sick together mm-hmm. he doesn't make it like i i'm losing my father while i become a father i feel like there's a whole you know i actually got a call about my remission at his funeral like the timing was insane so i feel like i feel wow. like you know it's it's already pretty fucked up you i don't know why you'd want to make it less fucked up <laughs> did, did you have any creative control with that uh did you were you able to be like fuck this this is you guys missed the whole point or no <clears throat> i didn't and and that was because uh the director um i had met the director through i was making commercials for t-mobile um, in advertising and um, he was one of the directors we hired and he's a really funny commercial director but also went through a similar experience with his dad and we met about he read the book and he was like I have to make this movie and I said I don't want this to be a movie but if anyone's going to make it I'm, I'm totally okay with you doing it because I know you understand and right. uh, and then you know they hired a screenwriter who's the sweetest guy in the world and a talented writer but he just had a different idea for what uh that was gonna be um and so and and to answer your question i I was like because it was him i just i i was like no i trust you it's good like i you know i didn't expect (laughs) i didn't expect a rewrite of of my life you know that way so especially when your story is so powerful thank you I, i it seems like it's it's already a movie right so why I rewrite it and there was like a part that was a musical and i was like mm, i don't know about that right <laughs> i mean for real and i was like mm. if, if you were casting this movie who would you want to play the 28 year old version of yourself well you know it's funny that when the book when the book came out someone asked me that question at a book signing yeah and, and i said uh i said well gary coleman and <laughs> and they and then the the crowd was like ooh. <laughs> and I was like, what? And apparently he died that day. Oh, no. That was, and you didn't know that at the time. No. It's like my, it was like my go-to joke because it's like, I really can't, I don't know who would play me. And I was like, well, he's an obvious, you know, we no, no lookalike there, you know, and, uh, 
And so I just said that, and it was just like, ooh. I'm like, what? And they're like, he died today. I was like, oh, right. shit. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Immediately hopped on Twitter. I swear to God, I didn't know. <laughs> Put your guns down. Put them all down. Yeah. Just doing. yeah. <laughs> Can we get back to the cotton teeth yeah. reference of the title? Yeah. How that, that came about? Um, the the term come it comes from a quote from Tom Robbins, who said uh, one of his characters in the book said, "May the jaws of death have cotton teeth." And uh, I like yes. it felt appropriate for all of the and all the work that I've done since working. Yes, with. that's a good analogy. So because they clearly had because you're still you know, four times you're getting eaten by cotton teeth. Yeah, that, that, exactly. Uh, wow. Going through it, you know, like that if that it just is the least amount of pain as possible and the least amount of suffering, obviously. interesting wow that is that is uh wow compelling very very compelling very compelling um but um you can get this book um all your favorite bookstores retailers yes amazon barnes and nobles indeed all the in all the indie bookstores as well you can get the book see the movie (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, They're gonna do like a like a Tupac thing with Gary Coleman, where they have like the, the hologram. <laughs> so yeah. Hey, so, I, so so again, uh, Rodeo and Juliet. Juliet is uh, the first memoir. That you, yeah. Okay. So this is your your first first bout of cancer. Yeah, that was that was the one that I was talking about that they made that they optioned to be a movie. Right. This is just kind of this is a, a companion piece to it. This new book is is kind of like about the last like a really like intimate look of the last three months uh, with my with, dad, with your father. Wow. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Wow. So, wow. Just, and it's inspirational because I know I'm sure a lot of, of folks, survivor cancer, uh, you know, survivors of cancer and uh, people that are, um, you know, that, that, yeah. I mean, it, could this be a book that would inspire or just give some hope to, to those battling cancer? Day. I I, def, I definitely think so, and <clears throat> like ever ever since I've been doing uh, this basically pro bono clinical advocacy for newly diagnosed young patients, like right. basically helping them understand like how the system works and what the tests mean and all that stuff. Because I went through it alone, and and it was fucking terrifying. And so yeah, no. uh, yeah I mean exactly, it's like who's gonna know? all there and there's so much to know and you know and you have to really advocate for yourself so um so i i've been doing that you know work ever since and that takes up most of my days and since the book came out you know a few of the patients that i work with um have read it and were like they 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 felt like it was very um they gave them hope you know like you know because i say to them look they were i was supposed to be dead a long time ago you know, and and uh, you know, I, we're gonna we're gonna work together to try to make sure that you're that you stick around too. You know, so. Wow. Incredible. Got some questions for you. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm in your camp. I'm on borrowed time. Um, oh, okay. Uh, want... One cancer though, but like I was supposed to die at 27. Didn't 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 do it's great. How important do you think? You can't bury the lead like that. Now I want to know, but, but yeah, I, yeah, but but then I'm that guy that like tries to trump your story with my own story. No, we can't like no, no, no. <laughs> no, no. I want I want to hear, but that's fine. If you, yeah. we could, yeah. How important do you think? 
a sense of humor was to you getting through the, pro- the process yeah that's a good one i mean it, it was a it was a huge part of it for me huge huge part of it i mean it's always been a huge part of my life just surviving you know life and shitty whatever right. uh, but especially with this because i think if i wasn't able to like make jokes out of things uh, you know i would have never stopped crying i would certainly would have given up hope you know um, yeah. and so there was a part of me you know and and the books like there's a lot of very dark humor in the books mm-hmm. um and it's been interesting because like when uh, when the first book came out 10 years ago it it was very well received in terms of the humor stuff people going well that was fucked up but i can understand because he was dying you know and now culture has changed so much that like the first review i got was like a big like i didn't like this book trigger warning he talks about cancer he talks about death he talks about the, you know and and i was like fuck man yeah. the the book's fucking dying <laughs> What did they expect going in? I, exactly. It's it was such a weird, fucking bizarre, you know. And and it's like, and it's I've seen several reviews now, like on Goodreads and whatever, where people say the same thing. Like they don't give it a bad review, but they but they're like, you should be warned. Like, and one of them said, one of them said, uh, mentioned slavery, and I was like, what are you talking about? And so I had I had to like go into the book and look at it. And it's like, oh, right, because at one point I was in chemo next to this dude who was a total racist piece of shit. And we were not like we were really clashing. And 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 one of the things that he said was like he made some slur about the black nurse. But like Mm. put that in context, like it's not like, I, you know, it's like, hey, I have cancer. Also, can we bring back slavery? What's that's that was awesome. You know, like (laughs) it's such a weird thing, like uh, to to put a trigger warning about that, you know, and and I'm even making it sound more extreme than it was because I didn't even I don't think I even said it explicitly. But the whole point was that this guy. That I was, you know, you don't know who you're going to get stuck with in these situations and you're there for hours and hours and I'm next to this guy I fucking hated. Um, And, you know, so I I just made it my point to make his life miserable along with, (laughs) you know, making him miserable. But but like the to this whole series of trigger warnings, it's I mean, I don't know, it just feels like. It feels like we're we're trying to protect people from everything about life. And, yeah. Especially and, when the synopsis of your book is, it's there. If um, yeah. if that's going to be a trigger, then by right. just reading the synopsis, you exactly. would think that would be enough, right? It'd be yeah. like a guy guy diagnosed with cancer. Trigger warning: This thing had cancer in it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking, like, how, what point have we gotten to a society is if people feel comfortable policing your account of your own brush with death, that you didn't deal yeah. with your own pain and mortality in a manner yeah. that was suitable enough for that. <laughs> that was so, so well put. I could uh-huh. not agree more. Could not what agree is your uh, prognosis uh, now and how is your health now? Um, health is, health is kind of, uh, it's stable at the moment, knock wood. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm dealing with another cancer, but I'm, you know, determined, determined to get through it. And, um, 
you know, uh, I have, I'm, I'm living my life as though not, not in denial. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm taking care of everything, but I'm, I'm living it as though I'm, I'm going to live. So, uh, you know, I went, I went back to school and, um, you know, my plan is to become a, I'm studying, you know, uh, psychiatric oncology. So to, you know, to, so becoming a oh, wow. psychiatrist who works with cancer patients and works with Oh, their- wow. That's awesome to hear. That's awesome. So, and I'm, and you know, how about the stand-up second, yeah. stage? You still, still, uh, still hitting the stage? <clears throat> no, I, I stopped doing stand-up. Um, I stopped doing stand-up when I moved out of New York um, because I made a really shitty independent movie, um, which, like, fortuitously is called Hacks. So like the names everywhere now. Still not in IMDb. Yeah. <laughs> so like the um so I've been having fun, you know, taking credit for the show like for the last couple of months, you know, because the show's very yeah. successful. Um but even though the, there's an HBO show now, right? But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like so yeah. because that's successful, I always go, Well, you know, I, I wrote and directed hacks. <laughs> like, Shit, really? Like, yeah. And I'm not lying. Uh, true statement. See, Check it out. Okay. <laughs> Look it up. Theoretically, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, let's talk about SNL because SNL is, is losing four major cast members: yeah. Pete Davidson, Amy Bryant, um, Cal Mooney, uh, to name a few. Um, what are your thoughts on, as a former uh, SNL writer, what are your thoughts on how SNL has evolved over the years? I mean, I, you know, I think it's the whole history of it has ebbed and flowed. Like they're just because mm-hmm. um, even like the, even the seasons that are, I was there, um, you know when you mentioned the cast members that were there when I was there, it sounds like a dream team. Cause it was like Chris Farley and David Spade and yes. Sandler and Phil Hartman. Right. Yeah. And so, um, so it was like, but the season was bad, you know, it was, um, you know, the, the sort of way that they picked sketches changed at that time. And it became less, it became less of a democracy and more of, of Lauren deciding on his own, what was going to be, what was going to be good and uh it's not a not a slight against him but it was just like it, it was better when when you kind of pick the skits based on who's laughing you know um and uh and so i think the show has gotten like it, you know it went through some down like people don't even realize the season after i left janine garofalo was a cast member sarah mm-hmm. silverman yeah like, people that you don't even think associate with snl you know um, even like one of the kids, I can't remember, Michael, Michael, something from Kids in the Hall mm-hmm. was a cast member. Um, so it was like it, it went through some weird seasons. And I think we're just kind of in that stage right now. And I like to me, I look at the new season, and I go, yeah, Bo and Ye- like Bo and Yang is super funny, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't I can't remember her name. Uh, Chloe Feynman, I think. Chloe Feynman. Yeah, I really funny like her. and beautiful. And I think she's going to be like, I think she's going to sort of step up, you know, um, they, they have like a lot of talented uh, people that I think just haven't had the shot yet. Um, and some that I I'm perplexed on why they're there, but I won't mention any names. <laughs> you yeah. can say it. You can say it. Nice in industry. Got to be nice but in industry. Kate <laughs> McKinnon, I think, is a big loss for, for us. Huge. Huge loss, and I think if Chloe Feynman can step up to, to that that level, that she point. might be able to. I really do yeah. think she might be able to. And who knows who the feature players will be this next season? You know, it could be yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I, I've really been impressed with some of those feature players. Uh, James Austin Johnson does a perfect Donald Trump. Uh, oh my God! 
He's so good. And Amazing. I'm great with both of them. And that's what they were looking for for the longest time. They didn't have the, you know, Alec Baldwin's Trump was, you know, it was okay. Yeah, it was a, it it was was funny, a caricature. What do you mean it was okay? It was so good. It was good. a caricature, but it, it, was, it was great. It was, it was funny, great, but it was but it definitely like it. an impersonation. Yeah, it's I'll a character. Not, I, will not, I will not let you badmouth Mr. Baldwin in my <laughs> No, no, he was, he was amazing. Doesn't he? <laughs> Baldwin's no, he got other amazing. things to deal with. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. Right. Yeah, he was. I mean, I thought I thought Baldwin was amazing, but I think like as an impression, like like if you close your eyes and listen to the voice, this this guy that you're talking about, I don't know his name, but uh, is so like it sounds like Trump. It's like whoa, man, that's Jeez, amazing. Awesome yeah, yeah, yeah. it's. it's impeccable it's yeah. uncanny uh, yeah just reading some of the episodes that you uh, were a writer for uh, including alec, ba- alec baldwin kim basinger's episode with ub40 helen hunt snoop dogg nancy kerrigan aretha franklin patrick stewart wow and salt and pepper sarah gilbert <laughs> counting crows and jason patrick and blind melon wow so those <laughs> were the uh, I remember watching the, the hosts of the, the shows that you're accredited for I, i'm seeing here on imdb yeah, I'm sorry. What were you, I, you, I, I think I interrupted Martin for a second. No, I, was, I, I remember seeing the Nancy Kerrigan one. Yeah, that was yeah. a trip, man, because she was yeah. terrible. You know, like she was, <laughs> she was, she was terrible. And and I was really young on when I was there. I was yeah. really young. And uh, and with being young and like sort of doe-eyed about being there. Like I was so easily <laughs> manipulated and like the other writers were like, hey, you know, when Nancy's here, like get behind the curtain and then jump out at her, you know, like it'll be really funny. And I was like, oh, that will be funny. <laughs> Not so funny. Not you so know, like, <laughs> no. It's like, uh, yeah. So, A little bit so of hazing, huh? I, I learned, the, yeah, I learned the hard way, like an idiot. You know. <laughs> That's so fucking. Wow. So I'm reading. I'm seeing here six six episodes. So, so uh, somewhat of a short temp a tenure on on SNL. Uh, well, it was actually. I think those are the ones that I'm credited for. I don't know. Okay, yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, they grabbed the sketches. <laughs> yeah. They. I don't know. I mean, it was this. It was the season. So the entire um, season. But, there. Nice. Yeah, but I. You know, I didn't. It's hard getting. It's hard getting stuff on. Uh, as you probably know. You know, just yeah. especially as a. Wow, that's still still man, it's still really cool to 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 have been one of the writers. Um, did you ever put your hat in? Some of the writers actually eventually become cast members. Did you ever mm-hmm. campaign to to be in the cast? Uh, as I well? was really I was really hoping I was yeah. really hoping I would, but uh, I don't I don't I don't think it was meant to be. And mm-hmm. and also I think because of my age, like when they they actually fired the whole cast and crew or not the crew but cast and writing crew. Uh, that season because they were just like we're gonna clean house and start fresh the show's not good and uh and like because i was 22 i was i you know and i didn't have anybody around me to go hey you know you could parlay that into something i just was like oh man well i lost the coolest job in the world and then i took a janitorial job in manhattan because i was yeah because i was like i just like i didn't have it i had no self-esteem and i was like uh no one was like, hey, you know, you could go places. And all the other writers went to like Seinfeld and The Simpsons and yeah. stuff. And I'm just like mopping, you know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> See, but, I was also going to ask because like SNL is huge, but like so is Second City. And it's like it's less known in popular culture. But like as far as a pipeline for comedic talent, like the names yeah. that came out of Second City are oh, ridiculous. 
ridiculous. So like, I've been dying to ask you about that. Like, are there any key experiences that you love from there or like specific people that you dug working with? I mean, I, when I was there, like the, it was, it was, uh, Steve Carell and Stephen Colbert were there as performers and I just, amazing. and I, and I was just thinking like <laughs> my, my father actually came to see us do a show <laughs> I remember him saying afterwards, and he's probably he's probably happy he's dead at this point. But um, he, he I remember him saying afterwards, he's like, I think you and that Steve Carell guy are really gonna be something. And I was like, thanks, well, you know, excited. So he didn't, my dad didn't get to see how that story played out. <laughs> but uh, but uh, it sort of worked. It worked for one of them. Uh, yeah, yeah, Steve Carell uh, did okay, I hear. Yeah, he did all right. That kid landed <laughs> on his feet. <laughs> <laughs> What are your thoughts on comedy today? Um, obviously, there's a lot of people that get a, some some groups that get offended by certain jokes. Uh, case in point, uh, Dave Chappelle, um, you know, uh, with with the, with the trans community. Um, and uh, I was just curious how your thoughts on how comedy has evolved. And uh, it seems from outside looking in that you have to be kind of like on eggshells with some of these jokes. You have to be very careful what I mean, you say. Uh, like to me, there's like there, there's a real mourning uh, mm-hmm. for me uh, with comedy. Yeah. Because I because I really feel like first of all, if you know comedians, you know that they're actually the last people who want to hurt anybody. Yeah. You know, like you think they'd be the first ones because they're so aggressive, but the the truth is they're aggressive because they're wounded people. You know, yeah, and they're so all broken. They're, they're all broken. broken. Yes. And so, you know, so to me, like when you take away that voice in society it it gets a little scary because i think you know comedians are a mirror to 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 the world we live in and, right. and if you sort of take away what's what's okay to joke about what's not okay to joke about it then you sort of defeat the whole purpose of comedy right. the, whole, the whole point is to sort of give the middle finger to like even if you're not even if you don't believe the things that you're saying just to have the just to instigate or to try to trigger people into thinking things in a different way, you know, to look at things in a different way. Um, you know, like I think about like the shows that we did with the nonprofit that I had in New York, um, like uh, where we bring comedians to perform, you know, in the homes of people who were terminally ill. We did this, right. like this was post SNL and stuff. Um, but, but I just think like, God, most of that material and most of those comedians couldn't do any of that material today. Um, and, and to me, that's a shame because I feel like you're, you're, you're selling your audience short. Like you're, you're not giving them credit to, to be, you know, sentient adults and go, Hey, I understand that that's irony. I understand that sarcasm. I understand, you know, like, um, and, and to me, it's just, that's, that part kind of breaks my heart. You're right. You're absolutely Comedy right. is such a powerful outlet for grief and all of that. Like, yeah. yes, it totally is. It totally absolutely. is and for everybody. I think if you yeah. start mm-hmm. measuring what you can talk about and what you can't talk about, it just it just takes a lot from it. You know, it's just yeah. it's, sometimes yeah. comedy is like all you have to get through something. Yeah, which I, is, yeah. Could not yeah. agree more. Not yeah. Agree more. And I watched I watched that closer special guy. You know, it's I don't know, man. I thought it was funny. It was it was, 
not only funny, he spent the entire special arguing for respect for the trans community. Exactly. And only if you really come through and pick out some like sound bits to make him seem closed minded. Right. Like yeah. it was really, really unfair. I also don't understand the logical paradox of is say I do a set. Why does somebody in the audience get to decide that I'm joking about 80% mm. of it? but I really mean this 20%. Exactly. So you can string me up for that. Why does the audience get to project truth onto me? Yes. <laughs> so it's like, exactly. Does it make sense? Exactly. Yeah. And it never used to be that way because there wasn't a yeah. platform to, to broadcast it all the, all the time. Absolutely. And I think, you know, to, to your point, like, I mean, to me, like the, the, the weird irony of, of all of it is that, you know, this generation, especially for me being in school now at age 52, like, you know, like I'm with a lot of 20 somethings and <clears throat> and, um, you know, there's so much talk about about erasing the binary, like the binary, the gender binary. And 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 I'm all for that, like do whatever the hell you got to do. Love who you need to love. I support that a thousand percent. But the but they're strangely binary about who's evil and who's okay mm. like there there's no gray area in there whatsoever to go hey you know uh you know glenn glenn made this joke uh, about you know whatever a, a sect of judaism and and uh and who is he to, and who is he to do that or whatever um you know i mean i say i'm a jew so i can fucking do whatever i want in that department <laughs> but but um but but no but like um it's it's amazing that there's such a call for acceptance and inclusion, but yeah. yet the, yet every comedian, every performer falls into this category of you're you're in or you're out, you're okay or you've got to go to the cornfields and never come back again. Right. Which to me is like, I mean, it's like the whole point of life is to be able to redeem yourself and to learn and to evolve. You know. Yeah. Right. right? Exactly. And of course making you know as a comedian uh bring a very serious topic of, of cancer and and presenting it in an in entertaining and, and light-hearted way mm -hmm. um that kind of also falls into it as well you know because you, you're, you're taking something that's that's very dark and very very uh you know, emotional and, and brings a lot of sadness but you know you're kind of presenting it in a way that, that that's um a learning experience you know yeah. yeah yeah i mean and i and i think that people need to realize mm -hmm. that like that just like adding light to a situation doesn't mean you take it lightly necessarily, you yeah. know, like, mm -hmm. like, like I'm joking about cancer. There's not, there's not a lot that I find particularly funny about cancer, but I will definitely <laughs> joke about it. Um, because, because there's a lot of pain and, and laughter is all about the release of stress. And so, you know, you're building up all this tension and fear and everything. And if like you give people permission to laugh, like just that, even in those few seconds, man, it was such a relief, I think. Wow. Was Glenn, your dad wow. the same way? What's that? Was your dad the same way? My dad was, um, yeah, he was, um, you know, it's funny because he was like, he was a psychoanalyst. So he was like a, like a, a hardcore, like, you know, weird kind of mental health, uh, like freak. Uh, <laughs> um, but he was, but he had a really good sense of humor and a really uh kind of darkness here i don't think he was ever as dark as i was but toward the end he started to get pretty dark uh, like it, it was funny because in the book i wrote a lot about the shit that i would say to him during that time and my agent and the and you know editors were like you you can't put that in there 
<laughs> you, can't, you can't believe that. That's a, and I'm like, why not? That it happened. And like, yeah, but it's that's a lot, man. Like that. Awesome. Now I want Glenn. the director's cut. <laughs> this is an amazing, amazing interview. Of course, you can check out, um, yes, your book, Cotton Teeth, at, at your favorite book retailers. And um, we really appreciate you uh, being here on Below the Belt Show. Thank you. For and that. Uh, if we could, before we end, let us know who you are. Do a little plug. Um, plug for your book. And you're on Below the Belt Show. You can end with a catchphrase, a joke, or whatever the fuck you want at the end. <laughs> You want me to say you're on the you're on the Beyond the Belt show? Below the Belt show. Below. Oh, be, what did I say? Beyond be, the Belt. Beyond. Oh, I kind of like that. That's nice. Um, <clears throat> you're on the. This, this and then, the, of course, announce your name and and yeah. your accolades and all that good stuff. This is this is Glenn Rockwitz. You're on the Below the Belt show, and uh, you know what? There's nothing better than all pretty much everything I do in life. It's just fucking awesome. Like me, particularly. So you should follow me wherever I go because I'm really great. And and this is part of my therapy uh, with my with my therapist that I'm working on my self-esteem. And so I'm trying to swing the pendulum the other way by reminding people that I'm great, even though I know that I'm a piece of shit. Um, so, yeah, have, God bless. <laughs> <laughs> Can you do that one more time, but throw in the book as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is Glenn Rockowitz with Below the Belt, and uh, I'm honored to be here and check out my book, Cotton Teeth. It is uh, wherever independent books are sold, or you could sell your soul to the devil and get it on Amazon. Uh, that's up to you. I, I have no issue. You know, we're, we're cool. I, I will hug you when I see you publicly. That was awesome. Well done. I love it. Awesome. Glenn, thank you so much. Thank you. You have a good night. I wish you lots of luck, lots of in your new career. Also, lots of uh, good health and good vibes thank you. and thank you. prayers, whatever you. Very inspiring. Yeah. Thank and, you. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, you, you've all been very kind. And I really appreciate it. Thank Let's you. Take a nice uh, snapshot here on the count of three. One, two, and smile. There it is. Awesome. All right, Glenn. Have a good night. You too. Thanks, everyone. All right, thank you. Peace. Peace. All right, that was Glenn Rockowitz. What a nice guy! And, and yeah, funny. dude's awesome. So nice. And, and be, you know, and really fucking funny. Funny. Comedians and, are like some of the kindest people. <laughs> they are. And Which I is think, funny because like. Yeah, what he said was just pure gold. Like they, they, they're the last persons that want to hurt somebody's feelings, you know. And they, they uh, are all broken. Like I've, I've watched like a lot of like comedian documentaries, and like all, all of them come from like broken homes and fucked mm-hmm. up shit, and all. Wow. Yeah. And look at them. Robin Williams. Yeah. And so many, and that's comedy. It's how you know. It's a coping, coping. Yeah, survival mm-hmm. technique, yeah. right? Survival. Like, yeah. Technique. yeah. So they I always say laughter is the best medicine. Laughter is the <laughs> best medicine. Um, so we're gonna take a classic cut break, um, followed by uh, an interview um pre-recorded brief interview from the creative coalition event um and of course um the song that was played in episode one of season four stranger things um apparently has a renewed resurgence on itunes people are buying this song it's an amazing song from the 80s it's a good song it's uh kate bush running up that hill and i thought that'd be the perfect uh classic cut um and then we're gonna hear um 
Tim Daly from the Creative Coalition, the president of the Creative Coalition, um, at the Purple Carpet, um, which is an incredible event. Um, and uh, we will be back right after that. Covering the Creative Coalition for Click on This. This is the one and only president of the Creative Coalition, Tim Daly. It's always good to see you. So good to see you. I'm so glad we're back in person. Yeah, so how has it been like the past two years not being able to do the Creative Co- Coalition events during the White House Correspondents Dinner and doing a lot of Zoom stuff? How's that been? Yeah, well, frankly, the Zoom stuff has been pretty successful, uh, oddly, because. Um, Last year, uh, the members of Congress that we spoke to were sort of forced to concentrate. They had to sit there and pay attention, and uh, there weren't, you know, other things distracting them. There weren't a lot of, uh, you know, aides walking around being starstruck. Um, we just got to have some really great conversations. So that was good, but I have to say it's so much better in person because you really get a sense of people, you get to connect with them, and I'm really glad that uh, we got to be back in person this year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, are you looking forward to talking to any particular politicians uh, this weekend and tomorrow night's dinner? Oh, gosh. I mean, the thing that's going to be a little hard for me is missing Madeleine Albright because I met her at the White House Correspondents' Dinner probably a dozen years ago, and we were we were friends, and unfortunately I couldn't go to her, uh, her memorial the other day. Um, uh, I really wanted to go, but my schedule wouldn't allow it. But um, I think that everything that happened is going to be tinged with some sadness about her passing. I thought she would live till she was 120 because she was so vital and so smart and so wickedly funny uh, that not many people, oh my gosh. But... Um, yeah, I want to talk to everyone tomorrow. Give them a piece of my mind. Yes, absolutely. Um, tell us about, um, I saw a sports-themed show that you did recently. Was it the, the uh, remind yeah, me of the I, name? I did a show called The Game. The Game, thank you. Yes, yes. it's on Paramount Plus. Plus and, uh, yeah, and I played a wild character. Uh, I was the owner of a football team. Um, and uh, it was a lot of fun, a lot of great people. I had a good time. Nice. A very a different role. I, I haven't seen something very similar to that before. No, yeah. it's different. Yeah, yeah I also... I a little mean, rough around the edges, if, right? If you're, if you're curious, yeah. uh, I did a little thing on Amy Schumer's new show because she's a friend uh, just as a favor. Life and Beth. Life and Beth. It's yes. the beginning of episode nine. It's about 25 seconds long, but you might enjoy it. Oh, wow. We'll have to check that out, guys. Tim Daly, the one and only president of the Creative Coalition. Thank you so much for talking. We'll click on this. Thank you. Thank you. Kate Bush, Running Up That Hill. I mean, that that's just a great, great, great track. Um, and uh, I love how they're just they're giving renewed uh, interest to older songs, you know. Something the 80s. The, the Gen yes. Z can now appreciate mm-hmm. some of the better things. I think that's why, you know, a lot of this, the music, you know, is being appreciated by a younger generation now. So that's always really cool. Yeah, the music, the shows, the hit. Dude, the kids are rocking the mullet again. Yeah, I know. My, my daughter is like, she's like, you know what? 
I kind of like the mullet. Like, no. the mullet has a lot of bad hairstyle. And I was like, no. Me and my friends oh, were both like, no, please, no. Mullets like are bad. Yeah, I've, I've said to a couple of kids, I'm like, listen, do whatever you want. But I was like, just so you know, the last time this came around, <laughs> it was the running joke of the next 30 years. And pictures are forever. So just be careful with your choices. <laughs> yeah, my sister-in-law um last year in ocean city we were um we were drunk in ocean city and she goes like she sees this guy with a mullet and she says to him she's like no filter when she's drunk she's like do you regret your decisions oh my god too funny well you know it's business at <laughs> the front and party in the back you know so all right, let's get back and finish this list here. Number nine on my list is Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, has anyone been uh, watching uh, the series? Just watched episode. Just watched episode four, and uh, it's just just getting so so. It's not good. It's you think it's not good. I think it's good. I think you could. What I like is how everything ties in from the prequels, and it just seamless. You know, and, and, and you know, the story makes sense, you know. Um, um, this particular episode, um, you know, I mean, shit, there's only six episodes. So we're, we're more than halfway already there. But, you know, we saw the um, the spy, the Empire spy, uh, played by Indira Varma, um, who, you know, might know as the Sand Snakes, uh, the leader of the Sand Snakes from Game of Thrones. Her character is named Tala. She's an Imperial higher up. Uh, mm-hmm. who's turned uh, into a rebel leader and uh, very instrumental in uh, getting, uh, get, yeah, I mean, getting Leia rescued and uh, they, they made their, uh, um, they made their escape from, from the, um, the empire See, base where Leia was captured. And uh, that's the issue. The series is about Leia. So that's fine. Make that series. But the series isn't about Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's called the Young main, Leia. Yeah, the main Leia. character is Princess Leia. And the other main character is Third Sister. So just call it that shit. Don't lie to us about it. Say so you're coming out with a series called Leia versus the Third Sister or, or Young oh, Leia. Wow. And I think that stopped okay. people being mad. But you got people excited for a year and a half to see a story about Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Kenobi. It's not. It's, it's not about him. Wow. So th- unless they really focus on uh, that in episodes five and six, I mean, we we saw the much anticipated lightsaber battle between Obi Wan and Darth Vader. So it kind of which also didn't make sense. Episode okay. four, A New Hope. Vader and Obi Wan square off, and Vader says, "When last we met, I was but the learner. Now I am the master." Which totally makes sense when Obi Wan kicks his ass on Mustafar. It right. does not make sense now that we have this episode where Vader kicks the trash out of him. We got two more episodes, though. Okay, so Vader <laughs> wasn't a master just now when he stood there like a pimp, lit the ground on fire, and fire, forced yes, dragged his bitch ass yes. across. So in two episodes, he's going to go back to somehow being school <laughs> and one... not, not be a full master of the Force somehow? Gonna, None of epi- this bullshit makes sense. Episode six, it's going to happen, man. It's going to happen in episode Would six. Would you like to throw some cash on that? <laughs> we'll do a $20 bet, sure. All right. So if they, don't, if, they don't have, if they don't have one more lightsaber duel and it make yeah then yeah okay but it has to be a lightsaber duel in which obi-wan takes him to school the higher ground yeah i was but the learner now i'm the master i just saw a very masterful vader wreck him right (laughs) right so 
We will see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I, I'm really enjoying the series. The actress that plays young Leia, she's absolutely brilliant and adorable. Vivian Lyra Blair. Um, and you know, it, 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 it takes a at all possible. It really takes a special actress to 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 capture Leia, but not but also in a believable way. I mean, she is a really good actress. I have to give it to her. You know, because child I actors. Definitely disagree. I, I think okay. I think it's a lot of weight to put on a kid. That's the other thing. Like, yeah, they tried this and it didn't work with episode one. And I don't fault either child actor in in either situation. I'm not Jake sure Lloyd, I yeah. could perform under that pressure. They were much so pressure. cruel to like the fans. Um, yeah, it was right. so cruel so to him. To right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, so yeah, so, like a kid. Well, yeah, they, they, they were cruel to the third sister. We talked about that last week. She was getting a lot of. And she didn't deserve that. She's oh. a Baltimore. She's a Baltimore girl. She oh, she did yeah, fine. Yeah. She did fine in her role. Um, granted, the character's not likable because it's she's a villain. The third sister is a villain, but yet there are some toxic fans. They're just giving her a bunch of shit. The problem isn't that she's not likable. I think the problem might be the writing. There's only so much. You know, as an actress, there's only so much you can do. She's yeah. written as very static and wooden. She has one level, and it's angry eleven all the time. We never see her shift. She's she's mad and violent and transitions to mad and violent and transitions right. to madder and more violent. Okay. And then it's super mad and that you don't, you know. You're so right. Very one dimensional. Yeah. And a lot of people called her performance wooden, which I didn't think was fair because I was thinking about when I see something like that, I'm like, all right, what would I have done? Given the lines that she had, all of them lent to that delivery right somebody is like keep in line she's like i won't fucking keep in line maybe you watch your back or do what you're told i won't do a tour maybe i'll fuck you up every single one of those is an angry aggressive there was no shit so you don't see any softness out of her you don't see whatever vader's way more dynamic right sometimes you'll see super commanding whatever like he first comes in in episode four and they're like this is an ambassador sit he's like you're part of a rebel alliance and a traitor take away like right. no bullshit <laughs> but then you'll see subtle versions of him where you know uh return of the jedi when he first shows up and he says like this needs to be done on time because the emperor's coming the guys like the emperor's coming here and he's like i hope for your sake the emperor's not as forgiving as i am like way more subtle way more undertow <laughs> you're like holy shit you're gonna fucking die she's, right. only, she's only given one dimension to function in so i'm not sure it's okay her fault, but it's Hopefully. a weird character yeah no Hopefully reason to give her more yeah but no reason to to slide in her dms yeah. hateful things and, ra- and racist commentary can be so toxic oh, yeah. Like the really, uh, really bad, but um, I'm glad like I'm glad that Star Wars like spoke up um, yes. about it, but it makes oh, me yeah. sad that they didn't do that for Kelly Marie Tran. They didn't when do that for Kelly Marie Tran, happening. did they? Like she, like they, like she's like the sweetest thing, and like I oh, used yeah, to follow I, her I on Instagram. She's really nice, yeah. And like she doesn't post anymore, right? She took, of that. like I used to follow her because she would post all this Who, inspirational this? stuff. Kelly, Kelly Marie Tram. She was the actress that played Rose Tico mm-hmm. in the, the sequels. And people episodes were eight and nine. So she was a new character cruel. in Last Jedi, and then she had a, a smaller role in. Uh, they Rise made her. They, yeah. Oh, was she the engineer? They minimized her the engineer, role. right? Yeah. They minimized her role, maybe because of the uh, fan uh, the commentary. Backlash. But, Instead of like giving her yeah. more substance and like a good storyline, they like. And you know what? I think it was also the character wasn't a great character. It's not a great character. It's bad So writing. I think, mm-hmm. yeah. So that that might have, yeah. And that's the thing. You I mean, don't take it out on the actor. 
You do not. You have to separate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thing, yeah. You have to separate the actor from the character. And a lot of people, mm-hmm. it's very ignorant fans can't do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think that's part of the problem with expectation, yeah. right? Like if the fans yeah. know they're getting a story about little Leia, they're not going to be furious that they're watching a series that's not about Obi-Wan. You saw the same thing with, with Hawkeye, right? They build this series, Hawkeye. It had nothing to do with him. That series was about young Kate, the archer. She Kate was Bishop, the main yeah. character. Yeah, it, it, so it should have just been called Kate Bishop or, you know, Kate Bishop and Hawkeye. It's what you prep people to see. If they know what they're turning into see, they're not going to get furious. But if you're yeah. told you're going to get a series about young Obi-Wan, you're already thinking, oh, I'm going to see 12-year-old Luke. Maybe there's some Vader in there. And the whole story is about a very rebellious seven-year-old Leia and the erstwhile third sister, people are already furious, which doesn't justify going after humans right. and doing the best they can. But I I think the argument that Star Wars fans are somehow toxic or whatever is misplaced. Uh, and the argument is like, oh, you don't like a prominent female character right. or you don't like you know, uh, the ethnicity. Nobody had a problem with Ventress. People love that character. It's a great, strong female character. That's, there you that's go. not the issue. Uh, the issue is expectation. Fennec Shan from Mandalorian. I don't think she yeah. got it. Ming Na Wen. Ming Na Wen. You know. So I don't know. It's it's a, yeah. It's probably a combination of both the character and then. But anyways, uh, yeah. Speaking of um, you know, diversity uh, in 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 universes. Uh, this time it's Marvel. Uh, Miss Marvel. This is the next uh, Marvel series on Disney Plus. Oh, I need to watch that next. It, it, it looks just, good. It just dropped today. Yep. Two episodes. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, and uh, yeah, um, the first episode, first two episodes dropped uh, on June eighth. Um, so yeah, so pretty much is all about um, Kamala Khan's um, worship of of Ca- Captain Marvel, and of course that's Brie Larson. Um, and of course, uh, basically, it's it's a refreshing origin story uh, from the perspective of a Muslim Pakistani American. Um, and uh, yeah, she, apparently she, uh, I guess they they go through the origin story, I guess, um, of Captain Marvel and uh, sorry of Miss Marvel. Um, so I guess that's kind of where she got the name. She was kind of like a fan of Captain yeah. Marvel, so she's like Miss Marvel. Um, and- that they they did a late rewrite of the title yeah maybe they saw this problem coming because it was called captain marvel the series and you would have had exactly the same thing people tuning in to see captain marvel and here's this you know spunky 12 year old <laughs> would have lost their fucking shit again so like this is a different character good job on the character. Title. exactly <laughs> you know? i'm excited to watch miss marvel it looks good yeah yeah we'll have to see uh see how it uh yeah see how it does and uh yeah, she's got very interesting uh, powers, you know. Um, curious to see, uh, yeah, how, how it uh, fares. And uh, apparently, um, yeah, well-reviewed so far, uh, critics' reviews. So uh, I'll have to tune in for that. Um, let's see. Moving on to number 11 is uh, a show that we talked about. I think, Martin, you were on. It was The Demimond, J.J. Abrams' Abrams science fiction drama on HBO. Um, and I think you knew the Latin. It's like Demi and Mond is... Uh, the world, um, the demon world, I guess. Is that the demi mond? Um, oh, anyway, world demi is half, half, world. half, half world. Yes, demi mond. Uh, apparently, that show will no longer move forward on HBO. Um, it actually started uh, a bidding war with Apple, and HBO and Apple were uh, battling for the rights for that 
show. Oh, that's and awesome. But then now it's like they're not even going to move forward at HBO. So uh, apparently now they have to look for a new home. So well, I'm uh, assuming they'll go back to Apple. Yeah, Apple. I mean, Apple definitely definitely needs uh, content for sure. Mm. And uh, and uh, you know it's uh, it's written and directed by J.J. Abrams, um, which would be his first writing credit since Fringe. Did not know that. I didn't know J.J. Uh, Abrams has not written a project uh, since Fringe. Um. Uh. So yeah, curious to see how that will uh, turn out and what <laughs> what network will uh. Yeah. He's been directing every movie on the planet. Yes, he's directing, so he's finally writing something. So. All Star Wars, All Star Trek, everything we hold sacred. Exactly. <laughs> Need him to not fuck it up. <laughs> yep. Uh, you'll be happy to know number twelve is the Lord of the Rings: Rings of Power. Apparently, they've mapped all five seasons in place. So. You're going to get a story that's written by the same people and it's not going to go all over the place like the last three Star Wars movies, <laughs> which is no, the problem. That, so that's, it's that's totally out. your point. See, yeah. Star Wars tried to imitate Lord of the Rings without doing all the prep work. Like yeah. Lord of the Rings came out one year apart every Christmas and it was so successful that Disney tried to do that with the Star Wars films. They forgot that all three Lord of the Rings films were filmed at the same time. So they put those things in a can years ahead of time and just right. released them on mass. Like New Line Cinema dropped more money than had ever been spent. It was $300 million up front for wow. all three films. It was a giant wow. gamble. And of course, then they made $8 trillion, billion, so that's fine. But, um, <laughs> right. but Disney then tried to do the same thing, yearly releases with Star Wars with hurried shooting in between. And you can't do that with an important story. I never yeah. even watched the third one. I like I loved I loved The Force <laughs> Awakens and mm-hmm. I did not like the second one. Yeah. Um, you didn't finish and the story. So I didn't end up watching okay. the third one. Well, Eventually I'll watch it, but like the it's second back one to just JJ, kind of so. pissed me off. Yeah. No, it's uh, not as bad as The Last Jedi. Same thing. Like The Last Jedi is the worst Star Wars movie I've ever seen in my life. Right. But yeah. Agreed. <laughs> that was so terrible. It was so pointless. Like the whole. Oh yeah. I felt like the whole movie was like Finn and Poe, like. And then had the learning a lesson, and like it was yeah. just. Yeah. And then what happened to Luke Skywalker, which wasn't very, didn't please a lot of fans. One of these fans. days, I'll yeah. I'll watch Rise. Of, uh, but I <laughs> did of, enjoy The Force Awakens. Yeah. Well, you know, he had a hell of a job um, retconning retconning everything that. Uh, uh, Ryan Johnson did, but uh, yeah. So apparently, yeah, they have a 50-hour show already written out. Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. So, uh, so, so yeah, that's good. yeah, five seasons, ten, uh, ten uh, episodes per season. So and you know what that's going to be about? That's going to be about my name on the show. It's going to be about the Numenorians. Last Numenorian. That's yep. right. This, yeah. is, this, this is the story of my people, the rise and fall of Numenor. Yep. So it uh, takes place thousands of years before the stories of J.R.R. Tolkien's uh, The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings trilogy, introducing some new characters and revisiting some old ones in Second Age of Middle Earth. Okay. So thousands of years. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to try watching Lord of the Rings again. You should. Um, I watched a couple of the movies, never really got into it a whole lot. I did, however, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with the, I don't know if you guys have seen it, the Hobbit cartoon. Yes! I was obsessed <laughs> with that. I used to watch that all the time. <laughs> when I was the little. songs are the jam. Yes! 
fun. Those are fun. All right. Also on Amazon, what else we do we have? We have the Terminal List. This is Chris Pratt's uh, new series, a limited series based on the best-selling novel by Jack Carr. Follows James Reese after his entire platoon of Navy SEALs are ambushed during a high-stakes covert mission. Um, so we have Constance Wu, Jan Triplehorn, Taylor Kitsch, Riley Keough, one of my favorites, Jay, Jai Courtney. Wow, hell of a cast. Uh, Patrick Schwarzenegger, Arnold's uh, kid. Pretty awesome. Yeah, July 1st, uh, this series uh, drops on um, July 1st, Prime. So uh, looks looks pretty awesome. Um, also, um, what's old is new again as A League of Their Own. Just dropped the teaser trailer um, to Stevie Nicks' classic The Edge of Seventeen, which is a song in the, uh, the background of the trailer. Um, so that should be fun. I think that was filmed uh, in Pittsburgh. I remember seeing the casting notices for that. Um, number 13 is Hulu, and they just dropped a full trailer for the movie Prey, which is a prequel for the iconic Predator franchise. And this is a different type of film. This is 300 years in the past when the only people here in the United States were the Native Americans, the indigenous people. So we're talking an entire cast of Native Americans, you know? You know what this is going to be? So in Predator 2 with uh, Danny Glover, you know, at the end when he fights him and the thing, like, they all materialize and he tosses him a a rifle from, like, 1787. This is going to be that shit. Oh, okay. Timeline's right about right. 300 years ago. 300 years ago. Interesting. Okay. And it's uh, Naru, uh, the character of Naru, uh, played by Amber Midthunder. Wow, you can't get more Native American than that. Midthunder. Right. A fierce and highly skilled warrior who sets out to protect her people from the relentless and often invisible killing machine. So, uh, really, really cool trailer. Definitely uh, recommend checking it out. Also on Hulu, uh, FX and Hulu, um, we're getting the upcoming um, fifth season of Fargo. They just announced a cast. It will be John Hamm from Top Gun, <laughs> Juno Temple from Ted Lasso, and Jennifer Jason Lee. So they're the cast for the next Fargo. As you know, it's anthology style. Every season's a different cast. Never got into the Fargo series. Um, I don't think anyone here has uh, tuned in, but... Uh, Apparently, it's been successful. <laughs> uh, let's see. Number 14 is all the stuff coming up on Apple. Um, well, uh, there's a new movie with Brad Pitt. Um, and, uh, wow, he's doing a direct-to-Apple movie. Um, so this one is um, about the Formula One racing feature. And Brad Pitt... Um, is the seven-time F1 champion, Sir Lewis Hamilton. Okay. Um, the, this, the film will also co-star George Clooney. Hang on a tick. Brad yeah. Pitt is playing Lewis Hamilton? Oh, no, no, no. You know what? I'm misreading it. Yeah, this... <laughs> Sorry. Like, cultural appropriation would have blown up all over that. Oh, no, no, no. Pitt is the veteran driver who comes out of retirement to compete alongside a fresh-faced um, racer. Okay. okay. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Like I, Lewis Hamilton is very black. I'm like very black. Yes. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> That's a very very good point. <laughs> Allie just uh, dropped off. I'm sure she'll uh, be back shortly. Um, 
Thank you for correcting me. Yeah, that would be no. You would never yeah. see yeah. a casting uh, where a Caucasian uh, replaces an after African American character. That would just yeah. be completely and, and not just an African American, like a world setting. After like Lewis Hamilton is like one of the greatest F1 drivers <laughs> ever. So he breaks. He's the Jackie Robinson of racing, <laughs> and it's gonna be played by this blonde-haired, blue-eyed, like white Adonis. <laughs> like holy shit! Holy Can you shit. imagine? On uh, the uproar, uh, right? Yeah, liberal I mean, Hollywood would lose its goddamn mind. <laughs> but if you do it the other way around, like you know, you know, Commissioner Gordon from the Batman movie, that you that's know, fine. No, the other is fine. It's the fine. other way, it's okay, right? Yeah. Thor, Odin's son is a chick now. That's cool. Right. That's, that's right. progressive. Hawkman. That's the first time uh, right. Hawkman's black in the in, uh, the Black Adam movie. So yeah, it's okay to to, to go. White white men had their time. It's over. It's over now. <laughs> Over. But thank you for correcting me. Yes, he is I'm, not. I'm the, still on the winning team. I'm Lopez. That's Formula One's only black racer. Sorry. Stupid white man. <laughs> Dumb. Dumb. Oh my people. god. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I'm in. <laughs> Apple TV also has Blackbird. It's a limited series. Ray Liotta's final, one of his final roles. Oh. Um, yeah. Uh, very sad. It premieres on July 8th. Um, centers on Jimmy Keene, played by Taron Egerton, the son of a police officer who's convicted of a crime, sentenced to 10 years in a minimum security prison. Um, and uh, yeah, and uh, Ray plays the father. Um, he plays Big Jim Keene, Jimmy's father. He's got a couple the dad roles, and he's really good at it. He's so good. He will. And, you know, you know what I thought he was underrated for was playing the dad in Blow. When he plays Johnny Depp's father in Blow, he yes, was great in that. Yes, that you that know, was, was understated. He was believable. He was sympathetic. You know, just yeah. And and for like, uh, yeah, Ray an Leo actor of like, and that's the thing, like an actor of like his name and prestige coming in to do a minor role, but just crushing it, right? Like hitting it out of the park as like right. the bit you're supposed to do. A lot of respect for that. A lot of respect. Also, um, Ted Lasso's upcoming third season will be written as the last season. Um, apparently, they always planned it as three. So um, one would ask why you have a hit series that's you know, winning all these awards in the comedy, uh, you know, categories. But if they've only you know, written as a third season type of show, then I guess they shouldn't really overstay their welcome. And I guess that they're doing a uh, a proper thing by just ending it at three seasons. So. Um, and also on Apple, an uh, upcoming scripted comedy series called Mrs. American Pie, uh, starring Kristen Wiig. They just added Carol Burnett. Wow, legendary Carol Burnett will be uh, joining the cast. Um, and it's uh, set in the early 70s, revolves around Maxine Simmons' attempt to secure a seat at, at America's most exclusive table, the Palm Beach High Society. Okay. So check that out. Uh, number 15 over on AMC, they, they released some first look photos of the new Walking Dead spinoff, Tales of the Walking Dead. Now, this will be an anthology series, so every episode uh, is a standalone story. They have one episode with Alpha and Samantha Morton's villain, who's now known as D in that episode. And then, wow, what an incredible cast. They have Anthony Edwards, uh, Poppy Lou, uh, and Beth Davids. Daniela Pineda and Danny Ramirez, who was seen in Top Gun Maverick. Um, also, Jesse T. Usher of The Boys. 
And last but not least, Terry Crews and Olivia Munn as a motorcycling pair. So, uh, yeah, some of these uh, first look photos look really, really good. Uh, Parker Posey, she's also in it as well. Um, Parker Posey uh, and Jillian Bell um, are in an episode as well. So, yeah, they're, they're really pulling out the star power for this upcoming uh, anthology series. As you know, the main series is finally coming to an end this fall, part three of the final uh, season 11. So, uh, well, 11 seasons. 11 seasons. Al, are you going to jump back into Walking Dead and finish this finish the story? I I feel like I'd have to start from the beginning because I've missed a the beginning. What? No, you can just stop it right after you stop when Carl died. I think it will be fine. It was before I stopped watching. I think the season before, or like at the end of that previous season before Carl died, because I was gonna oh, start watching it. And I then thought I found it was out because Carl died. Carl died that you know, it's so because strong. Carl died. Um, but you hadn't gotten to that point. I hadn't gotten now. Just heard, heard about it. it and I was like, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> I was so bitter. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you know, sometimes. Yeah, and then completely Scott different. Gimple was just like at that point, like it just. Ugh. Yeah, he he. They definitely um diverged from the source material because Carl mm-hmm. ends up being a hero in the comic books. So crazy, crazy. Uh, all right, number sixteen. We're almost done here. The challenge cast. So it's interesting. The Challenge uh, it was a show that was on MTV for a while. We don't really, really talk too much M- MTV or reality TV, but uh, this is kind of like a, a super challenge cast because they're taking cast members from Survivor, Big Brother, The Amazing Race, Love Island. Um, and Love it's going to have, yeah, Love Island, right. 90 minute premiere on MTV. It's going to be hosted by TJ Lavin, who's hosted that challenge like forever. Um, but, uh, really intriguing that they're just like throwing this like super cast of all these old reality shows um cast members from all these all other reality shows so should be pretty cool it's been also, so long the, since i've seen a reality show yeah yeah that, i guess happier, it's been since you? what's I that guilty pleasures happier aren't you mm-hmm. You're happy i was terrible. obsessed with laguna beach oh yeah and that was no, I never watched The Hills. By the then, Hills I was done well. with reality TV. You were done after Laguna yeah. Beach. But, Martin, yeah, I Martin, think Laguna Beach a... was high school. Martin, um, yeah, reality, reality, reality TV is the hyperbolic extent of our decaying society. <laughs> it, it is, it's garbage. I'm it's glad the, I like... The, yeah, it's the worst <laughs> thing we've ever done. And the whole point of watching it and so that you see people that are somehow more trash than your bad life. So it makes you feel better <laughs> about yourself. Yeah. You're like, okay, like I'm awful and going nowhere, but that chick is a horrific mess. So I'm doing better than her. That's the only point <laughs> of reality TV. I so, would never do reality TV. Yeah. It's, it's combination. I would never want to be like cannibalism. Like you I never tune in to watch to, people yeah. get eaten. It's I'd all rather act. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And the new Bachelorette season will have two Bachelorettes now, with 32 guys competing for the hearts of two women. So doing something a little different. Their names are Gabby, Wendy, and Rachel Reccia. Two so, women at the same time, or is this separate pursuits? I'm curious. I, I think the the all 32 men can pursue both, and whichever one they link up with it, you know. Does it end in a threesome? Like, what's this? Yeah, the, three, the threesome's very probable. That's, I mean. Maybe it'll be a throuple. <laughs> I might have to tune in again. Yeah, it had, <laughs> the show had been a guilty pleasure. But, uh, what are we doing? We gotta stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
yeah, no, get back to the, the real TV that I need to catch up on. Um, all right, number 17, the MTV Movie and TV Awards, which, again, has very favored a lot of reality television. So not sure how MTV is the, the, the tell-all network of what's great in movies and TV, since all they do is reality. So they actually have their own re, uh, reality award show called MTV Unscripted. But they're still doing the MTV Movie and TV Awards. But uh, here's some of the uh, the winners. Best Movie, Spider-Man No Way Home, the big winner. Uh, the nominees uh, included Dune, Scream 5, Shang-Chi, Adam Project, and The Batman. Uh, best Show winner was Euphoria. No surprise there. It's MTV's audience, right? Nominees, Inventing Anna, Loki, Squid Game, Ted Lasso, and Yellowstone. Interesting. Uh, best performance in a movie, Tom Holland. No surprise, I guess, for the MTV generation. <laughs> Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, Tom went against Lady Gaga for House of Gucci, Robert Pattinson, The Batman, Sandra Bullock, The Lost City, and Timothy Chalamet for Dune. You know what's funny about that? The MTV crowd loved Tobey Maguire when he was Spider-Man, and now they've just upgraded to the next Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And if you notice, these MTV awards, they're they're genderless. Like the women and men are now in the same category. So, well, it's so, like with the the uh, I'm sorry, I forgot his name. What are guests? Glenn. What Glenn just said, like yeah. when he's in class, like they're trying to eliminate gender, right? They're trying right. to make the whole planet binary. Right. So everyone's not all right best performance in a show zendaya wins for euphoria <clears throat> sweeney lily james uh kelly riley and amanda seyfried um are the um other nominees and if you saw sydney sweeney at the mtv movie awards i would have voted for her based on the outfit she wore guys and if if you saw what <laughs> if you saw sydney sweeney's outfit good god Completely turned heads. Um, so you're saying she looks smart and like she studies hard at school. <laughs> That's what you're saying. Okay, got She's, it. That very, very bright girl. <laughs> Best hero, Scarlett Johansson for Black Widow. Best villain, Daniel Radcliffe in The Lost City. Best kiss, Poopies and the Snake, Jackass Forever. <laughs> How, That's a I lame winner. The... That's a lame winner for Best kiss. I know Come it should have been. Um, it's funny the whoever was um announcing the winner apparently um mm. said like after he announced the award he like turns to his co-host and was like he beat Zendaya. Zendaya and Tom Holland were nominated. Yeah, I know. He was, like, no Way Home. he was like, Apparently not as good as Poopies and the Snake. I know. <laughs> Poopies and the Snake, man. Come on now. Um, Hunter Schaefer and Dominic Fike and Euphoria, Lily Collins and Lucian Laviscount, Emily in Paris, Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz, the Batman, were the other nominees for Best Kiss. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds won Best Comedic Performance. Sophia DiMartino won for Breakthrough Performance for Loki. Um, she did fantastic. Best Fight, Cassie versus Maddie and Euphoria. <laughs> Um, let's see. Best team, Loki. And uh, yeah, that's I'm not going to read the rest, but yeah, you know, it's it's always an uh, an entertaining award show, the MTV Movie and TV Awards. Although I, I don't think there's a much weight if you win an award, you know, because you're you're talking about the Gen Gen Z millennial demographic that's voting for you. So 
Just took about like the golden popcorn thing or whatever these the golden popcorn. Yep, yeah, that's yeah. the that's the board. Was it you MTV? It. The what was the surfboard? Surfboard was Kids Choice. Oh, okay. Choice Awards. Nickelodeon. Yeah. <laughs> Nickelodeon, yeah. <laughs> but you're also liable to get slimed during your acceptance speech. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, let's see, uh, number 18. Um, wow. So uh, speaking of reality TV, Chrisley knows best stars Todd and Julie Crystal, apparently found guilty of bank fraud and tax evasion, could face up to 30 years in prison. Holy shit, I can't believe they were... They're guilty of uh, tax evasion. I mean, they've had a successful reality TV show and uh, multiple seasons. Uh, you know, it came on, at one point, it, it, the show like aired right after WWE Raw. So I kind of like watched a little bit of it, you know, especially it was on a DVR. So I, yeah, okay, it was after wrestling. I'll watch it. Yeah, but, but tax evasion doesn't mean you didn't make money. Tax evasion just means you were sneakily trying to hide how much money you made. Money you made. So exactly. you, you could be incredibly successful and still be guilty of tax evasion. This is true. This is true. But also bank fraud. Yeah. On top of the back, uh, the, uh, the tax evasion. So that even puts it. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, ah, oh God, it's just they, yeah. they kind of go hand in hand though, because bank fraud could be misrepresenting assets. True, but this is what they so basically they targeted small banks for loans by inflating their net worth, swindling thirty million before wiping oh. out twenty million of that debt through a personal bankruptcy. Yeah, so this is exactly what Trump does. Right. This is exactly <laughs> like, and no, no political. No, this is one hundred. I have friends that work at Deutsche Bank, which is like right. the last lender on the planet that will touch Donald Trump because this is exactly what he does. Yeah, over <laughs> over inflates assets, holds loans, go. defaults on those loans under the LLC. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, number nineteen on my list. We just touched a little bit on uh, Dave Chappelle, but Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock teaming up. These are two comedians that were assaulted on stage. Chris Rock assaulted by Will Smith, the slap at the Oscars. Dave Chappelle, uh, yeah, tackled by some guy with spongy hair. Yeah, some crazy dude. <laughs> Apparently, uh, thought that what he said was offensive. Um, and uh, they're doing a stand-up show uh, on Saturday, September third, at the O2 Arena in London. Wow! So it's a joint comedy special that's going to be in London and taped in London, and basically uh, calling it a night of world-class comedy so uh what's the date september 2nd sorry oh, september okay. 3rd sorry september 3rd i will so, not be there are you gonna be in england yeah i'm gonna do a, a a run through uh iceland england in a couple weeks in france i'm taking off on like the 12th oh so how gone cool. for a awesome. bit. as in the 12th of this month yeah as Dude. in four days from now as oh an, wow, that's awesome. Well deserved yeah. vacation, right? Yeah. Oh, that's gonna L- be awesome, little man. bit of a workcation. So nothing in England or Iceland, but the France is a little bit of a filming thing. A filming thing? Can you allude yeah. to what it is? Not yet. Not yet. We have to see. Hey, congratulations! It's still a gift. Yeah. That is awesome. awesome. That is awesome. All right, and and how long? One more thing left. Number twenty is the Me Too stuff from this week. Um. First of all, Stars set a premiere date for the Delane Maxwell um, three-part documentary series. As you know, uh, she was Jeffrey Epstein's right-hand madam, I guess. Yes, um, garbage human. A garbage human. Um, <laughs> yes, exactly. This is going to air on Stars um, on Friday, June 24th. 
Um, so yeah, she's convicted of sex trafficking charges, uh, linked to predator Jeffrey Epstein, uh, and she's due to be sentenced, um, by the end of this month. So, uh, basically we uncover how, um, yeah, how she befriended, um, Prince Andrew, uh, and, uh, she's the daughter of Robert Maxwell. And then of course meeting Jeffrey Epstein. Um, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm still waiting for that black book, the the names of that black book to be confirmed, and uh, that she hasn't really dr- mentioned any names yet. But I'm really, really curious to see. But I'm sure a lot of people are shaking in their boots. Um, <laughs> you you got to imagine, right? You know. Um, also, this is really despicable. Uh, Stony Westmoreland. He was on the Disney Channel series Andy Mac. He's the oh, I the, I know. You heard about this? He's the title yeah, character. Yeah, that was a few years ago. Watched Andy mm-hmm. Mac? Okay. Has been yeah. sentenced to two years in federal prison for trying to lure what he thought was a 13-year-old boy into having mm-hmm. sex. This guy's on a Disney show. Mm-hmm. They um, It was during Audience. filming. He didn't come back. They um, kind of changed the storyline a little bit. Okay. Um, but yeah, this was a few. Because Andy Mac, um, I think the last season was like 2019. Yes. Um. But, but yeah, it was like the, and then it sucks because like they had a cut, um, they took off like the, some of the episodes that he was in, um, but yeah, it's absolutely disgusting. Wow. Did um, they explain his absence? Um, they kind of said, I think he was like away for like traveling. He was like, the tra- um, was traveling. Well, mm-hmm. traveling. Yeah, it's too. absolutely disgusting. He was, and it was like an FBI agent that he was messaging and not at like. A 13-year-old boy. I know someone who does that. I know, I know, like uh, a young lady who like works with like the to catch a predator people. Oh my god! Really? Yeah. That must be heartbreaking. Like. Oh, it's gotta feel slimy, right? You'd be like, because your your message, because she looks young, uh, in case they need like picture whatever. But like, that must be very difficult to do. Where you're like, you're, you're messaging some older person, they're like. You know, I'm 14. Is that cool? And they're like, that's awesome. Like, oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Like, oh. This, this young lady is actually so showing her face to these uh, yeah. potential predators. Yeah. So she's the bait. She's the bait. That's fucking I did crazy. a thing, a voiceover for a news channel where they yeah. used my voice for um, like reenacting the um, uh, a cop that was right. doing that. Um, and it was just like gross like saying those lines yeah. of like the kid like um like what you said like i'm 13 is or like 14 um mm. and it's just ugh, it's heartbreaking that there's like yeah very i mean it's scary especially having yeah. it's kids of my own like gave creepers access yeah. yeah i mean before like if you're gonna creep you had to go out in public with the van and be you know yada yada yada. now like you just need a social media account it's scary that like thinking back like when i was a kid like it was almost worse because we had chat rooms um because i remember like me and my friends going in on eight yeah Mm -hmm. and i remember like i was in like fifth grade and the girl i was friends with was like having like like sexting with what? guys on like chat rooms and like i was like so naive what? and like my parents were like when they found out like i because i was i was such an innocent little child and oh. so then they had to like sit me down and like tell me that like give me the sex talk but but yeah <laughs> you're it was, aware of how bad this is right <laughs> yeah this is a serious concern um oh, 
but yeah there's like all those chat rooms and stuff I'm like what like did our parents <laughs> I don't think they, they realized know? like they, they didn't grow up with it so like mm-hmm. how would they know they're completely right. prepared right wow <laughs> yeah we're, we're in uncharted territory we have uncharted. no idea what social media is going to do to humanity but mm-hmm. so far it's not great well now uh, we've got like tiktok and snapchat and like there's so, there's so many media mm-hmm. uh, there's so many forms of media that predators can access mm-hmm. folks because and, uh, because it's all the same thing like yeah. put yourself out there record display yourself for people mm-hmm. to like like for people to yeah it's a it's a voyeur's paradise Wow. So yeah, this Westmoreland uh, piece of shit was arrested in Salt mm-hmm. Lake City in December of 2018. He tried to make plans to meet up with an undercover officer posing as a 13-year-old on Grinder, the, 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 the gay dating dating app, charged with trying to entice, solicit, seduce, and lure a minor. Um, wow. So, anyways, kind of. That's the last thing I had, but uh, to end on a weird note. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, so end on, a, end on a positive note there. Well, the positive note is that I have no notable names that have died this week. That almost never happens. That is a positive. Yeah. I don't, I, well, I, don't, I think I saw... Did you see something? The singer, I think today the um, singer from Foo Fighters. Well, Taylor Hawkins, the drummer. Yeah. Wait, what did you hear from the singer? That's freaking... Or not the singer. Taylor, no, not the singer. The drummer. Oh, Taylor? Taylor. Oh, that was several was months that? ago, though. Oh, was it? Yeah. Taylor Hawkins uh, died um, March 25th, 2022. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so still rest in peace, Taylor Hawkins, of course. Yeah. But with Death We Celebrate Life, for those, uh, another year around the sun. Uh, let's see. Uh, Nancy Sinatra, 82 today. Uh, Keenan Ivory Waynes, the oldest of the, uh, the Waynes brothers, is 64. Juliana Margulies of The Good Wife and ER is 55. And um, Kanye West is 45, now known as Ye. <laughs> That's birthdays today. Wow. It's been an incredible show from top to bottom, guys. We'd like to thank, of course, this amazing panel, starting with, that's right, the adorable one, the great mom, Ali Dash. Thank you so much. Um, of thank course, you. awesome Glad to be con. back as always. Yeah, of course, Allie. And you were with us. It was a BTB uh, week with Allie. Of course, uh, Awesome Con was a smashing success. It was great to be back yes. in the con scene. Stay tuned as future episodes will be playing some of those uh, um, great interviews on the podcast and the video. Maybe out a little sooner with our affiliated show, Click On This with Elena Moscat. So love the collaborations that we do with Click On This. I'd like to thank, of course, Martin Lopez, the last Numenorian, the ones of Future King, One True Knight. for the rise of Numenor. Numenor, yes, the upcoming Lord of the Rings All series. The way. Yes. We'd like to thank, of course, uh, our guest, Glenn Rockowitz. Make sure you check out his book, Cotton Teeth, at all your favorite retail, uh, book retail outlets. And um, guys, I'm Al Celebrity Soda, your host. With the most, and um, yes, closing out tonight's show, uh, probably one of the more awkward interviews I've had on the on the red carpet, the purple carpet that is, of the Creative Coalition, with a singer that I really admire and a band I really admire, The Strokes, um, Julian Casablancas. He was kind of being a little playful, but a little rough, a little rough over the question. <laughs> You'll notice it here, guys, when we play it here on the show, guys, so... 
enjoy it and uh, guys we will see you next week until then peace Julian Casablancas from The Strokes. Great to have you in D.C. And I gotta admit, uh, your amazing album, it, it, it's just so good, man. The new Abnormal. Um, the, from the cover art to every track, in particular Brooklyn Bridge, the chorus, is one of my favorite tracks on the album. Uh, tell us a little about the process of uh, putting the album together. And I guess the fans want to know, and I want to know, what took so long to, uh, to get the album dropped? The album that came out like two years ago? Yeah. <laughs> um, what took so long? From oh, uh, I don't know. We're just uh, working with Rick Rubin, uh, yeah. strange locations, and um, I don't know. We just we we worked for a few months, and then we didn't work for like six months. I don't know. Just uh, nothing to do with COVID, or no, we finished it before COVID. Well, that's a, that's a that's a good one. But uh, the tour. Let's talk about the tour because you'll all be in California, Europe, um, and Mexico, right? Uh, yes, playing many different uh, disconnected shows. I suppose you can call it a tour, yeah. Yeah. On the road again. And of course, you're going to be here in Washington, D.C. And if I recall, September, yes? September? Yes. In D.C.? Oh, right. With, is that the chili peppers? Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, what's going on? Grammy yeah. Awards, yeah. Current <laughs> tour. Cover art, the thanks. The cover art is Basquiat, dope. ever heard of him? <laughs> uh, took a bit of a hiatus. Eh. All right. I think we covered all the stuff here. Uh, are you looking forward to the dinner this weekend? Uh, yeah, sounds, uh, you know, as weird as everything else I've done here in D.C. But <laughs> and last but not least, we're here for the Creative Coalition. Tell us how important the arts is to you and funding arts in schools. Um, yeah, I think um, a music class that I took kind of changed my life, the course of my life, and uh, the schools I'd been to previously didn't have it. And, and so, um, yeah, the Creative Coalition, there, you know, it's a totally great cause, obviously. I think the fact that it's even on the chopping block is, is pretty sad. I think if we had a good, uh, well-oiled, democratic machine for real i'm sure you know that kind of uh that kind of thing would, would never be cut because i mean all the you know studies show that you know people that have arts programs and stuff you know they're like three more times as likely to you know graduate high school and stuff like that so Absolutely, it's not just yeah. about artists or and they're not you know hollywood elites trying to like raise money sure. it's more for like communities that don't have arts program that has like funding and uh, so yeah it's a great cause awesome well, guys, we're here with Julian Casablancas. It's all about the arts here tonight. Thank you so much. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, until next time, keep chilling like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.